Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. Uh, this week's episode is Kimberly. Uh, check out her new show, Almost Nothing. You can find it on a- any any platform you listen to podcasts on. Um, and she also has an Instagram account, check that out. Um, she is the first host to put on a show, other than uh, this show, but to put on a show start to finish uh, with the network. Um, you can find more information on the network, rvapodcast.org, um, at rvapodcast on Instagram. Uh, we have a couple more days um, for the Bonfire Shirt Campaign. All, uh, all money helps uh, fund the network. Uh, trying to see if we can get some new equipment. Um, I think that's pretty much it. You can check all the normal plugs. Um, Orbital Music Park just opened recently, so go check that out. Check out the website. Um, Everybodycomedy.com. We have shows Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, I think that's it. I think those are all the plugs. Um, Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening. I'm not just anybody My love won't be taken down by a bullet And I've tried everything But I'm best at disappearing And your love used to bring out the best in me And now I'll be dying But it's like, the, in terms of what you're making, like, it seems like you're just making it because you think you should make it. Like, you're not making it because it's something you wanted to do. You're not inspired to make it. Like, say what you will about Detective, but we were really excited to do that. To I do remember, the Instagram? To do the, yeah, because I remember mm-hmm. um, I was hanging out on, the, on my porch. You said say what you will like I was going to talk shit or something <laughs> on my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so like, you guys did like a photo shoot for Fear Buddy. No, we didn't. The bur- the eating, the tacos? Oh, wait, we did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, this is how, uh, this is like, there's too much comedy floating in my brain. You said Fear Buddy, and I immediately thought of Resident Ghost. Resident and Ghost. I was like, no, that was just our faces photoshopped into one person's stomach. <laughs> which is like. Wait, that wasn't a photo shoot? What? <laughs> that wasn't a real tattoo he got? No, oh that, that's still like my all-time fave. Um, I wouldn't put it past Tom to <laughs> California, that thing right across oh my his God. belly. You know what I mean? No, he's got more dignity than to have my face on him permanently. <laughs> um, yeah, we did a photo shoot. Okay, sure. so but the, so that's something you can put out. Yeah. But I guess the idea is is why we are like, why am I following? If there's no content. If nothing's being produced. Right. Do more photo shoots. Do you guys do you guys do fun like um <clears throat> like little story pictures? I've seen. But I see those on Bob, like Bobby's story or whoever yeah, else might post them. I think them. there's, I think there's two people. I could be wrong, um, that share the social media responsibilities, and I appreciate that because, like I said, I'm not the one for that. Yeah, I, I, I do, I do my part for Dad's cologne, but mm-hmm. we all have different parts, and luckily those parts cover most of our bases. 
most of the bases. But with, uh, I guess, transitioning from shitting all over every improv team Instagram, how are you finding <laughs> your new Instagram uh, account? My your new newest my... one. Um, I that, just... that has to be what we talk about first, right? Yeah, I guess so. Sure. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, well, I really like it, and I like what I want to do with it. I truly don't have enough time to do what I want to do with it. Right. Like, I don't have enough time to do most things I want, which is fine, because that's just that's just realistic. You're just, like, preaching to it's me right It's fine. Um, so, you know, like, I'm doing... Okay, so we're talking... I don't know why I'm just not just saying it. It's almost nothing. Yeah. My podcast it's that you produce. Yeah. Um, and so I have my little... We'll call them gimmicks because that's what they are. Like doing a save the date for all the upcoming. And I just, I also thought it'd be funny for all of my relatives, like in the Philippines and out of out of the state, to see me posting a bunch of save save the dates. Because it's like, (laughs) when is that girl gonna get married? And I'm like, I'm wondering too. (laughs) So I'm just like, here, here's another one. (laughs) Uh, And then. So, yeah, so you do the, the same today. It was such a good post. Mm-hmm. I like that you posted some co-star stuff. That yeah. seemed to me on brand for the show, even though it's probably not mentioned. Um, or is it? I Well, I actually don't think it's come up with anybody, but it's no on brand up, for me. No one's brought up signs? I know. It's shocking that I haven't that's brought crazy. it up, but maybe that's because I already know all these people's you, signs. You've already thought I've about already it. I've already vetted these guys. And they're not asking, so it's not coming up. Okay. Um, uh, I'd love to do like a review show where we find out there. We go over there to <laughs> your guys' charge or something. You know what's funny is in the past, I'll say in the past like six months, I've gotten... At least five dudes to download GoStar. And I specifically say, like, it's so I can see if we're compatible. Even if we're not flirting, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just want to see our compatibility. Let me know if I even need to spend any time. Yeah. Well, that's how I downloaded it. Someone made me download it to see if we were compatible. (laughs) And were you? We were. Oh. And nothing ever happened. Well. But we were. (laughs) Well, that's nice. Now uh, you know. (laughs) But now I love it. Now I add everyone. And yeah. actually, speaking of Res Ghost, Drew and Nathan both finally added me back on Star. So now I can <laughs> Nathan finally Nathan just see. got his the other night. We mm-hmm. were all together. That night, yeah. Because um, I, I figured yeah. it was after the sh- you guys' show, and you guys said all. Mm-hmm. And that's when yeah. you guys were talking about it, and they added me, and I sent them a text. And they, were, they, were, they weren't as happy as I was. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I love horoscopes. I love them so much that I used to... There was like... Mm, it's called like info line or something mm-hmm. when I was in elementary school. I would call it at the end of the day and check my horoscope to see if it applied to anything because I was like, wait, I was like, I don't want to call in the morning because then I'll just like make my day match whatever it said. So yeah, but I mean, they were so vague that I was like, oh my God, it's true. Can I tell you, I kind of do the same thing. You do currently? Well, uh, I followed this, this horoscope account. Okay. Uh, so every day it will post like a line about your day, your lucky number, your lucky time of day, your mood, your lucky color, and which sign you match with that day. All six of those things. Just like a, an Instagram post. Yeah. And I followed it one day because I thought it was like, it was like a cool, like, it, it, the color caught my eye. It was like mm-hmm. a nice uh, color. And then I was like, okay, why not? And so normally what happens is when I get on Instagram at the end of the day, I will find that post while I'm scrolling and I will see like, 
What was I doing during the hour of 5 p.m.? What happened with Orange today? Did anything? Interesting. So I kind of do the same thing. Isn't that weird? Yeah, what is it called? Uh, I think... I will look it up right now. I think it's just one of those kind of random astrology accounts that are really in vogue right now. I want to follow them all. I, I, I get so trenched down, but like lately I haven't. So mine is Libra horoscopes, but of course they have multiple for your sign. What's your sign? You are I'm a Capricorn. That's right. So it'd be Capricorn.horoscopes. Following. So yours today, your lucky time of day was 6 a.m. You're talkative. Your color's blue. <laughs> lucky 99. Today's match, Libra. Are you a Libra? I'm a Libra. That's hilarious. So we're hanging out. We did yours. We did. Uh, we, we edited yours and yeah. then we're doing mine. See, you know, everyone thinks I'm a Libra I, because I have a tattoo of the scales. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's so annoying. Well, what what was the reason for that? Is there um, like, is there is there any connection to Libraism? No. Libraism. None <laughs> that's, whatsoever. That's, so then, okay. So then, yeah. What is the uh, meaning? Uh, okay, so my granddad was a hardcore Catholic, and he really liked Saint Michael, and one of Saint Michael's symbols is the scales, mm-hmm. and. I was like, I really want to get a tattoo that's, like, related to my granddad. And I thought about getting St. Michael on my body. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the plan. And luckily, the guy who was going to tattoo me had to cancel his, like, whole day for some reason. And then, like, a couple years later, I asked my friend, who's an awesome tattoo artist, if he would just do scales on my leg. And there it is. So it's kind of religious. It's re- very religious. Actually, yeah, it is religious. But <laughs> yeah. Well, you said the meaning was for your, your granddad, so maybe it's yeah. more familial. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Like, I'm culturally Catholic. Mm-hmm. That's how I was raised, but I don't, you know, I feel like that's a lot. support any of it. Yeah, right. I, don't, <laughs> I haven't read the newsletter in a couple of years. Mm. I haven't been to Christmas Mass. Well, just like a few years ago, still nothing good. Nothing <laughs> good. Um, that's so... I, that, that's... That's uh, not the first time I've heard you mention a strong connection to your uh, your family. Um, That's so funny because we're not that close. Interesting. Well, not I don't know. Maybe that maybe that's wrong. <laughs> well, you, you, you <laughs> when you do talk about your family, uh-huh. which I would say happens enough that I notice it, not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. But you always feel like very highly of them. Well, so I'm close to, like, half my family. Sure. So that maybe that's the half I yeah. hear about kind of thing. Yeah. That's, yeah, because you, you probably never hear me. I don't have jokes about my siblings because we're not close. <laughs> You're not going to bitch about your family to be like, can you believe what my <laughs> sister did again? What did she do? Um, okay, so the, the question I want to ask is, mm-hmm. being that there's something... That's a, that's such a weird that's such a dumb thing to say. What? Being that there's some connection with your family there, mm-hmm. uh, I want to just scoop it back into I guess my lane of traffic, which mm-hmm. is creativity and, and influence. Um, well, how would you say that your family has influenced your creativity and your processes and everything like that? Hmm. It's a very hard left. Well, I don't know how... It's hard to even think about how they haven't influenced, like, every part of me. Mm -hmm. Um, My first, like, 
try at anything creative, I think, was probably doing, like, more, like, crafty things and jewelry making. Like, when you, like, your first creative moment? Like, the first, yeah, like, the first sort of stuff when I was like, oh, like, I think I might be a creative person. Okay. Um, Jewelry. That and writing. And my great-grandmother was a jewelry designer. Her husband, my great-grandfather, was her goldsmith. My mom That's wrote so a lot cool. as a kid and, you know, into her, what, 20s maybe. Um, so, and it's, like, weird because I don't remember not knowing these things. Like, my grandma taught me how to sew when I was four. I've been sewing on and off ever since. So, it's, like, there are all these things. Four. Yeah. That's so. That, 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 Just that, hand sewing at that point. I think but, a lot of, a lot of, I would, I would feel lost trying to sew. So they say that I started talking in complete sentences before I was one. Before you were one, you were talking in complete sentences. That's what they tell me. My oldest brother says this, like, he's like, no, I remember. That shit was crazy. That shit was crazy. And I'm like, you don't have a reason reason to lie. (laughs) (laughs) I have no reason not to believe you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sure. We're all by again. Yeah. So. Okay, so you were just doing, you were just doing all kinds of uh, problem solving at a very young age. Yeah, I don't know if that really answered. No, I, I don't think I had a really. Different, I think I just kind of just really steered into that field and let you kind of take mm-hmm. the, the keywords of family influence and creativity and roll with it. Um, okay, so now that we're in that field, I can shift mm-hmm. back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. How do you feel? Because you've done. I don't want to let. I don't. I don't. I don't want to inappropriately let anyone behind the curtain. But you've recorded several episodes so far, right? Um, yeah. How do you feel like your because this is a whole new thing. I mean, mm-hmm. you haven't ever, like, done a podcast. No, but I had the idea for this yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, if you, want, if you want to get into that, feel free. I'm oh, all here for no, that story. Yeah. Um, I, so I had been in steady relationships, and then I got out of a relationship and then thought, okay, I don't even know who I am without another person beside me. So, like, let me figure that out. Mm -hmm. So then I had a year of being single on purpose. And then I was like, I want to do a podcast where I, like, talk to all my crushes and figure some shit out. And just, like, what do people really think? Like, you know, it's different. If I still had feelings for a lot of these people, not that I don't have feelings for, you know, like... Mm -hmm. Trust, I got feelings. <laughs> but, like, if I was Trust. still, like, in the thick of the crush, mm-hmm. I couldn't be honest. You couldn't. You couldn't. Because I'd still be trying to, like, present my best self. But this is and you just. Could, you could record yourself doing that for an hour if you still, yeah. like, were, like. <sighs> yeah, it right? would just be okay. too. Like, it just, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. But going this is back. coming from a place of just, like, I'm here to be completely honest and it feels yeah. safe to be that way. Yeah, okay. like, let's just have a conversation <laughs> with someone who is now, like, a friend. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, so. Okay. Okay, so this is so funny because I was talking to uh, Sham. Mm-hmm. She was listening to Anthony and I's first episode on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was telling me how... I haven't listened to that one. I actually never listened to it. I just recorded it. <laughs> did it live, and then that was the one. <laughs> but um, I'm so tempted because she was talking about how... It was interesting hearing people talk about relationships. And I bring that up because that was one of the first ones I had. So I used to talk about relationships all the time mm-hmm. on the show. Well, the first uh, 20-ish episodes were really long. I think I told you about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that time I had talked about how it had started off 
uh, I think I, we had talked about how it was at the time and how it set off what, where, what we kind of went mm-hmm. on. But I am, I don't want to say interested in bringing, talking about it back, but like it's kind of going in that direction. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, you said, <clears throat> that because we, we've actually talked about this separately, um, mm-hmm. being in steady relationships for a long time. Yeah. Something I did, something well documented on this show. <laughs> but the idea of, um, I, I know for a fact I wasn't doing my best creative work when I was so focused on looking at relationships. Oh my God. In fact, I wasn't even doing any creative work. I have such a story. Please. So I was dating this guy and I was in a job that I liked, but didn't love. And, you know, it was like one of those things where I support the mission, but it's just like the work itself is not fulfilling me in the way I want it to. So I was like, oh, I got to do like more creative things. So I started like sewing again. I started making clothes and jewelry and all this stuff. Around the same time, <laughs> I switched my birth control mm-hmm. to the Nuva Ring, which I fucking loved. Okay. But it totally, like, I never wanted to have sex. And let me tell you, I was so fucking productive on that Nuva Ring. <laughs> I was like shocked. <laughs> it was amazing. I felt so good because oh I was gosh. just like getting shit done. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. So and you're you're you oh, know my gosh. So I I get what you're saying when yeah. you're focused on it because like yeah it was it was like night and day. Oh my gosh. Well yeah I think ever since I stopped like. Trying to meet somebody, mm-hmm. like going out, like oh my gosh, I gotta can't be alone or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I became way more productive. Yeah. And so you were talking about when you're single. Was that something that you said? I'm going to. You set up and I'm going to do this for one year, no dating, or you just did it. And it happened. Well, <laughs> the other part of that is that it's not like I really dated much to begin with. As far as like, I'm not one to go out on dates, really, and if anybody listens to my podcast, you'll hear me say it so many times, how, like, I just, I don't go out on dates, really. So it wasn't, like, difficult in terms of, like, I have to make this, like, life change or, you know, whatever. It was just, like, it was, it was more like, I don't want to meet anyone new, Mm -hmm. and anyone I'm interested in now, like, I'm putting a pin on that. No relationships. So just, yeah. Okay, yeah. That was definitely something... That's what I went through when I like, made the transition of, like, I'm going to stop. Well, and I told you my theory was that I was, like, really searching for my identity in these people. Mm-hmm. Um, really trying to, I don't know. So, like, but once yeah. I once I got out of needing that, then it was really easy for me to be put the new ring in and be productive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I always forget who I am when I'm in a relationship. But it's really, it's really, it's really, it's so, it's so terrifying because... It's just like it happened. It's happened to me, not not too recently, but recently enough that I still can remember the feeling of like mm-hmm. having a conversation with with a woman and just feeling like, oh, we're falling into a relationship, mm-hmm. and you don't even notice until yeah. you're about to like step off. Yeah, oh, it just snuck up. And so I think for me, well, because creatively, it's like if I if I if I'm dating somebody. I'm always going to feel like there's another option to doing my work, whereas there's no option other than, like, my work. Mm, right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
No, that sounds like the dumbest thing. Let me. I don't think it. it's dumb. I think you're just talking about priorities. Priorities. When there's someone, when there's, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously jumping to the point where like you are hanging out all the time. Yeah. Um, there's always someone I can always go to their house. that come to mind whether you live together if it's late yeah. enough and the thing like. There's always something to peel you with. There's always an expectation of time, mm-hmm. whereas no one expects me to be anywhere. <clears throat> Most people expect me to, like, go to this show, go to this class right. or whatever. But, like, I literally have... And, it's, and so then it puts the responsibility on me to be responsible with my time. And I think that, to me, is something that I very much respond to. <laughs> because I'm, I'm also trying to do things. And, yeah. like, there are deadlines to me. But, like, mm-hmm. I just feel like... Well, see this, and then it turns into a way better, way better question. Um, the kind of person that someone in our line of hobby mm-hmm. can date, meaning somebody who is a creative type, but also someone who's separately—I don't want to say a comedian because it sounds gross—but a, a person, a funny person. I listen to so this. <laughs> what the fuck are you saying to me right now? I'm all over the place. Are you talking about, like, wait, are you trying to figure out, like, what's the type of person people like us should date? Well, I think a lot of, I think a lot about that. I think that's, I think. Interesting. I'm looking, I'm not looking to break any new ground. I'm not Mm -hmm. looking to um, flesh out the topic. Just the idea of, like, there's a specific kind of person who can Mm -hmm. handle somebody who spends their free time doing the things that we do. Because it's Mm -hmm. not everyone who does that. It takes a certain kind of brain, takes a certain kind of this is the way I do things from, from our standpoint. So it takes certain people can't, I, we can't date certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'm saying that from my perspective of just like, I'm so entrenched in it cause it's all new. Whereas people who have been around for longer, maybe can manage it better. I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking around my point. The idea of like <laughs> wanting to do this show yeah. to release that bumbling mess of five minutes of me right. talking to say like, this is part <laughs> of the process. There has to be something wrong in my head that makes it hard for me to date certain people. But, I mean, who are these, like, not who, like, name, but, like, what types are these certain people that you shouldn't date? Like, it probably wouldn't matter if you were doing this or not. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Well, I also, I guess I'm thinking more in terms of the active brain and with, like, um, if I'm thinking about, like, if I I put myself back a couple years Mm -hmm. and I'm dating someone who's doing a radio show mm-hmm. like to me what that is a it hits me way differently not being around it not seeing it a lot mm-hmm. not being um not knowing what to do with that maybe that person doesn't even listen to podcasts i mean they're more popular now so it makes more sense now but like mm-hmm. over time it's not made a lot of sense so so to have been doing it this long kind of going through it it's still a weird thing that i like do this show do are you saying people you've encountered find it weird or are you saying you think they would find it weird i definitely think they find it weird but i'm always open to people's uh mm-hmm. reactions and most people when find they, it weird. i'm like because these days it's like who doesn't have a podcast I, want, I really want to agree with you because <laughs> i have one I, i'm like i feel late to the game but like who else do you know that has one. Um, and I think it's fair. You mean to say, like people we know? I feel like there's a lot of comedians that have them. 
Well, I will say something. Like people, a lot of the stand-up dudes in the scene. Well, I am just, I'm new to the stand-up scene, and I've only, I've heard mm-hmm. of a couple, but I also haven't really dug in, so maybe more people do than I know yeah. of. Yeah. But I also feel like it's, uh, and this, I don't, I feel very comfortable saying this, what? but it's so not oh, true. say it. <laughs> I don't agree with what I'm about to say with my, for me. Um, I feel like, I talked to BC about this on his episode, and uh-huh. it was the, this idea of when you go to New York or these big cities mm-hmm. where it's harder to, like, live, mm-hmm. you go there with the intention of working to, like, make it or make something. Or you go there with a the goal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a lot of shows. I'm going to do a lot of this. I'm going to try to get on these bigger shows or whatever. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the idea of I'm going here to, like, do this work. Yeah. So I think maybe for them the idea of having a podcast is having a body of work. Sure. I'm trying to make it, but wherever I am, I'm going to do it here with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to be what mine is assumed as. Because I don't think my show counts for that. <laughs> well, you also don't know, though. That's true. Like, you know, we do these things. We put it out there and people can listen to it as little or as much as they want. Mm-hmm. And they can think it's for this or that. And we just would never know. I feel... What, what, what do you think has had more pauses, uh, this episode or one of yours about this time? Mm, mm, uh, I'd say it's an even split because some people I've talked to are, you know, very mm-hmm. nervous and there's a lot of pauses or just, you know, need a little bit more time to process. And others are talkers. <laughs> What is your uh, your go-to breakfast? I rarely eat breakfast, but I like black tea. You drink tea in the morning? Usually. Sometimes I'll eat a banana. <laughs> I find that most people are mostly consistent, mm-hmm. but I, find I am always inconsistent. And I think that... I think that... I've never felt more lost asking this question. About breakfast? Mm-hmm. Why? Because well, I haven't eaten breakfast in like three days. Because I'm so inconsistent with breakfast. Huh. Okay, so. <laughs> you are. Oh, I, feel like I'm like, I feel like this is the episode of your show. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want me to stop making eye contact with you? It's so, it's so, it's so the exact example of, of, of like, you'll let me get on this trail of talking Mm -hmm. and I'm waiting for you to interject and like get the question, but you're just like (laughs) waiting for me to like make sense and you're, and then I just keep talking. We can keep talking about breakfast. Today was a little different. I actually ate a waffle. talking about (laughs) breakfast. I don't want to talk about (laughs) breakfast. That's just my, that's just what, that it, to me is one of these questions that I like to try to ask everyone if I get mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it's like a palate cleanser question and usually it's with the intention of, I feel like really setting the person because when someone's going over their, their morning routine, yeah, it kind of sets them in their own like thought space. Oh, interesting. Like when you're talking about black tea, you mm-hmm. were really like just thinking about like, 
you were kind of going over your morning routine and thinking about when you're in the kitchen in the morning. Maybe. I don't know. This is what I picture <laughs> people thinking. <laughs> no, I make it from my bed. I've got a hot plate. <laughs> I do have a coffee maker in my bedroom, so. Do you really? Well, yeah, just because I want it in my bedroom. No, that's, that's fine. You don't have to justify it to me. <laughs> I feel like I should because it doesn't make sense. I could just put it in my kitchen. You can want what you want and have what you have. You can, okay. That's fine. How do you take your coffee? Black, usually. I wish I could. I wish I was cool like you. Why is that? Okay, I don't understand why people say that. If Sometimes I'll get a latte, but if I'm just like... No, 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 please. Regular coffee, then yeah. I'm not going to add anything to it. But why do, why do people think that's cool? I think, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. I think it's a toxic masculinity thing. Whoa, what? Yeah. <laughs> Explain yourself. Well, hmm. Um, my favorite drink at Starbucks is the double chocolate chip frappuccino because <laughs> it's delicious. It's way too much sugar. So I, I believe you, but yeah. But like, if I order that, uh-huh. I'm guaranteed to be made fun of from by like. I mean, I did just giggle, didn't I? <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I kind of laugh at anyone who gets a frappuccino. But why? Because they seem like silly drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly what it is. It's well, like. Get a milkshake. Um, uh, I, I said, well, when I would get them, I'd say, I'm getting my milkshake. Um, okay, so now, <laughs> so now I get, um, I don't like to get plain coffee from Starbucks. So I'll get like a white chocolate mocha. Delicious. Sugary. Fine. And I order that and get made fun of still by a select few people who I think are just doing it because they know it bugs me. <laughs> but, like, I get hit with that all the time. And that's a conversation I've had with multiple people about, like, uh-huh. not putting sugar in your coffee, not putting milk in your coffee, not putting this. I mean, I don't care. I'm still going to order whatever I want to, like, yeah. consume. But it's, it's like, can I get a uh, frappuccino, but, like, no jokes this time? Like, just today. Just this kind of thing. Who are the people joking? People you're with or people working there? <laughs> just random people? No. Uh, usually it's people I know. But, like, I've had people who either I've just met or known a short mm-hmm. time, feel comfortable enough to throw me, like, a comment or a sound. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh... It's not like I've never had a Frappuccino. Of course. But I personally, when I think about them, I think about, like, like I think about my mom and going to the mall when I was, like, 11. Mm. It was, like, a thing. And so it's just, you know, I connect it with, like, limited two mm-hmm. and all that. And it's like, those were just silly times. And it's, I mean, it's called a Frappuccino. It's a <laughs> silly name. I, uh, I always got them with my mom. And I just kept getting them. We just kept doing the same thing. I never, I never drank coffee until I was older. So, <laughs> I've been drinking coffee. Since I was 11. I think I was, like, five. Okay, you were speaking in full sentences when you were one, drinking coffee by the time you were five. I'm going to die tomorrow. I got my college degree when I was 14. Yeah, right. What else? Okay, I'm, I'm way more interested in this now. What? My whatever. milestones? Well, there's got to be more, like, really early, or there's got to be one really late. Um, I got boobs when I was eight. That's pretty early, I think. Or it was back then. It might not be anymore. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be on the <laughs> proud to not know bus. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What else? What are things people... Oh, I didn't kiss someone until I was, like, 18. Like, really kiss someone. I was 15. And I think that's... I think mine's pretty late. I could see that being late. Like, every year is incre- uh, incrementally more... Like, worth more. I'm mm-hmm. like, 17 is a lot different from 18 still. Right. So, people always... Anytime I tell people that, they're, like, really surprised... <clears throat> When they hear that I haven't had, like, a fucking slew of boyfriends, they're surprised. And I think I get why, but I also am like, did y'all, like, know me? <laughs> like, there's no way that would have happened any sooner than it did. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm remembering more why I don't talk about relationships a lot in the show. <laughs> am I bringing back bad memories? No, I just... <laughs> I have nothing. I think. I think I made it very obvious. I have no new ground. I have no questions to ask. That's why I didn't ask a question. <laughs> well, someone once told me. Oh, here we go. If you no, it's nothing. <laughs> it's like so small. They were just like, if you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. Pretty much. Well, I want to know more specifically. I want to know about more about things, uh, other other creative avenues you've explored. Um, we know, I know about improv and stand-up, and now, yeah. I, know, I know about your podcast, mm-hmm. but, like, what else have you tried? What else have you found success with? Success with? What else have you failed at? Oh, everything. Well, of course, but I want to <laughs> hear, like, specific, specifically what comes to mind, because I like the idea, the reason we go through, the reason we do creative things mm-hmm. and the process of doing them is learning mm-hmm. them, and as you do them, you get better kind of thing, the reps and the hours and all that, mm-hmm. but I want to know, like... <clears throat> I realized that this show was meant to be talked about people who make things in their process. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear about the things that the ventures you've tried and oh, gotten maybe some progress on or something like, um, yeah. like I made some progress when I made like a YouTube channel and I made mm-hmm. video game, like commentary videos mm-hmm. with my friend. And like, I figured out a lot of like ways to not do that, ways to do that. And mm-hmm. I got kind of into it, but then I like came rescinded. I started, went into something else. So like that, I want to hear about those things, like anything, anything jumping to mind of other. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so things creative. Are you talking like just anything creative? Sure. So I started playing violin when I was 10. It was horrible. Super, super, super bad. You weren't playing by age four? No. You were way behind. I know. And if you could see me, (laughs) you'd be surprised. Um, and that was an Asian joke. I realized when I said that, I was like, no! If someone fast forwards, it won't make any sense. It was all about you talking at one. That was the whole joke. So, um, I did that for a few years and then got really good. Around, like, your, like, teenage years? Do you still Uh, play? No. I'm joking. End the story. Oh, no, you're fine. I still have a violin, and I will pull it out literally twice a year, and then I'll be like, shouldn't have stopped practicing. But I, what, the problem it, with me is that I'm not disciplined in mm-hmm. almost anything. Um, I Something happens in my brain where I get good at something, and then it almost bores me eventually. And it wasn't until recently that that like, sort of stopped happening. That you stopped stopping? That I, yeah. You stopped spending time. I stopped getting stop. bored. Like, oh. That my mind okay. stopped letting 
things get boring and that like where I wanted, I found things I wanted to work on. So like violin, I sucked at it. I practiced hard. I got better. I got good to the point where I didn't need to practice all the time. And that's when I get in trouble. Uh. And then I like, there was this, um, we had like chair auditions and I forgot. So I never, I didn't, they had passed out the piece like a week or two prior, maybe. I didn't look at it once. I played it perfectly. Probably because I wasn't so nervous because I was like, well, this is going to suck. So I got first chair. Everybody was mad at me. As they probably should have been. But, you know, shit like that happened. And then, so that was in middle school. I don't know why I thought that was recent. (laughs) What? When the fuck would I have time to play a violin now? I don't know. That's what, that's what you're doing with your time. I don't know. No. There's a lot of non oh hours God. in my life. No, no, no. No. So it was right at that point that I started getting bored with it. But this whole time I'd also been playing soccer. And so it was always like, I was always, I was always doing more than just, I don't have like a thing. It's like, what are my things? I've always been that way. So... Eventually I stopped and then, you know, soccer was fun, but it was, it's not like, doesn't, what are you, you going to do with it? Yeah. What, well, what, what I else? really want to do was <laughs> move to the, get really, really good, move to the Philippines and play for their Olympic team. <laughs> but, um, I didn't do that. <clears throat> Instead I quit soccer because I, as I, some, after violin, still doing soccer, at some point I started theater and I was like, you know, I'd rather just be in rehearsals all the time. I did that. That sounds more fun. And then I went to college for that. For theater? Unfortunately. I mean, you're doing all right. I'm doing fine. I just wish I did. I honestly wish I had done something more practical or like, I wish I'd just been an English major because my favorite classes were always my creative writing classes. As someone who also has a Bachelor of Arts, I can relate. I just wish I didn't do it. I mean, as I know a lot of things would be different, but ugh. Yeah, if I had studied a little harder, I could have went from a sociology to a psychology, and that's the arts mm-hmm. to science jump. So, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad student. Oh, same. I'm so. Horrible. But that's because it's kind of. I think it plays into we were young and we get bored. Yeah, it's and you know I hate I don't I don't get bored anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's like adults are too busy to really be bored. And also like. When I stop enjoying something, I, th- I feel like I just stop doing it and do something else. Like, I just mm-hmm. immediately, I don't, like, hold on to it. I'm like, oh, I'm still doing this, and like, I'm bored. I'm just like... Well, it's like when something stops being challenging... Yeah. It doesn't... It's like, well, what am I... Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't need to practice that, so what do I even... Why do I have to practice at all? I can just look at it later and play it fine, and you know. And then, then my standards for myself start dropping... Oh, yeah. I think about... I mean, <laughs> this show's a good example. What do you mean? I mean... <clears throat> oh, I'm not even charging my I mean, like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I have done this show. You're episode 71. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> normally... Well, we had to... I had to have my computer set aside, so it's like... It's fine. It makes sense. But, like, you think mm-hmm. I'd be a little more prepared a lot of, all, all the time. But I, I don't know. I feel like 
and, and okay, so this is this is my thoughts about this idea of getting bored, which is like mm. the reason I started this podcast was because another podcast stopped um, production because mm-hmm. it took too long to edit. So I took all the parts of I loved about a podcast and did it, did my own version, gotcha, and just dropped it. I got like I told you, like, I don't edit because right, fuck that. You see how much you see. You see <laughs> we don't edit your show a lot. Uh-huh. There's a couple of things here and there, yeah. but like it still takes like an hour. Yeah. Um, imagine listening to like two hours yeah. especially originally. So like, I got that out, and that's how I stopped being bored. I think when I have when I have more when I when of the time I spend doing the project, mm-hmm. I feel like a fifty-one percent, maybe fifty-one, whatever the number is. Mm-hmm. If, if that's fun, then it's worth doing. And I think the fun is doing this mm-hmm. and also um, having the backlog, um, seeing the downloads, of course. Yeah. Because who doesn't love seeing, like, success? Yeah, measured, I love it. Measured success. I don't even know what number is good, but I'm just yeah. like, oh, it's higher than it was two days ago. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I, and, and uh, I feel like the, the, the thing is, it's just like, that number is going to be whatever it's going to be. It mm-hmm. could be whatever it's going to be. And mm-hmm. like you said, we wouldn't know. The only mm-hmm. basis I have is my show. And now I have like a second mm-hmm. uh, example coming through. So, I mean, I think yours had, yours has way more than mine originally had in this first day. I think I can check, um, a different time, but like, yeah. So I think whatever we see as success is what comes, comes to us. Mm-hmm. And also, again, how much work was put in yeah. kind of thing. So I think that's why I started doing, like, network and started having people do shows because mm-hmm. I like doing those things. Those are the fun parts. Um, the setup, the idea, the yeah. scheming. And then I can, like, let you go and do your own show and let yeah. you know all the, all the pieces. And then that's how I will stay not bored. Huh. There, there was a part of me that got scared um, that I would you know, record all these conversations and then I would just like not do anything. Mm -hmm. So when we initially met up, um, I didn't know. I was like, am I like asking him to like help me do this? Or am I just, is this like a, let me pick your brain for a second kind of a thing. And then you just like had so much more information than I ever could have expected. And I was like, Oh, I'm doing it. I, yeah, that's why yeah. like you don't ask people to meet you and ask them questions to not do the thing, right? Yeah, I guess basically, I, <laughs> you like pulled up to the analogy I'm going to use is like a gas station, and I just like started outfitting your car with everything you needed for a long trip. Yeah, and I was just like, oh yeah, I was in red. Well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm calling yeah. work. I'm not going to work tomorrow, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, no, the, yeah, that's so funny. Because um, doing, I've met with, I've officially met like to produce like mm-hmm. start production with two people mm-hmm. and so i don't even know what to expect when going into these things because <clears throat> i'm just like so not sure how to talk to somebody with with who's like has mm-hmm. an idea like i don't want to like be too much i don't want to put too many mm-hmm. of my ideas i don't want to tell them how they should do their their show or whatever um i think that's kind of the the, the fun and to to tie it back uh, very effectively. The fun part is figuring out how to be good at the, the creative process. Mm-hmm. And the fun part is then refining it and mastering it. So it's perfect. Yeah. So like it, how long, like, okay. So for example, mm-hmm. I had to break this, this setup down to take it to summers to record her show. Mm-hmm. 
And it took me about 15 minutes to set the whole thing back up because I had done it so many times now mm-hmm. that it's easy to figure out like the perfect way. Like there's like markings on the table. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when I first started, it was way more fun <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out how to get these arms not to fall. Yeah. So, I mean, how much would you say that part of the fun of violin was learning and getting good at the violin? I think that was probably all of the fun fun. because I also knew everyone in my house, my parents and my two brothers thought I sucked because I did. And so it was like knowing like I wanted it is what made it worth it. Mm -hmm. But then it's like once I, you know, got it, it got, then it was less interesting or, well, Okay, so in terms of violin, the idea of being able to play a song um, is very appealing. It's mm-hmm. something you can you could record it, or you could theoretically do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, would you say that that's tangible? I I'm mean, sure if you, if I guess if that's what you're doing, but that was never a thing that I did. I'm just trying to see if there's any influence on something being a tangible thing. Do you think that maybe if you have a tangible thing or something that some kind of feedback, some kind mm-hmm. of um, return, mm-hmm. do you think that's more uh, motivating to create? Not necessarily, because so then in college I started doing things that had more tangible outcomes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I started making things and crafting and selling those things. Yeah, you mentioned that was, like, one of the first things you did, too. Yeah. So, well, because I started sewing so young and so, you know, making, like, Barbie clothes sure. and whatever. And an element... Oh, I guess I forgot about that. I used to make these, like, beaded rings and things and sell them in the lunchroom. Hustler. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so bad with money. It's, like, Weird how well, that happened. I'm a good hustler. I yeah. hustler. Yeah, like, I'm all about making it and spending it. Yeah, immediately. Work hard, play hard. Yeah, I'm going to get two chocolate milks today. Oh, shit. That's a lot of rings. Yes. Yeah. It's two. It's just two rings. No. <laughs> well, two I, don't, rings. I don't remember. But, um, oh, but I did it because my mom taught me how to. So, you know, we talked about earlier about family influencing and stuff. I just, mm-hmm. I just copied everybody. That's I knew it was like... <laughs> A lot of influence. Because, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're... You don't just learn how to do those things. Someone has to, like, teach you. And they have to heavily influence you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the idea of you being really good at these... Because these, the, the, those are creative things, too. But I feel mm-hmm. like you don't think of them as creative because of how often you do... Maybe how often you do them, how well you do them. Doing things like sewing, sewing making and... jewelry. I mean, you mentioned them as... So I the do now... Thing. I I didn't always think, think about okay. as like super creative. Like I don't know if when I was a kid I I like consciously thought like I'm being creative. I think it was just like this is fun. Yeah. I I don't know. Um I did date a guy in college who I was like making jewelry and stuff and selling them and he was like, "Well, that's not like art though. Like this isn't he was like, it's not like creative because you're, you're just selling it mm-hmm. or something. I don't, he's like phrased it weird, which like was strange to me because he was an artist and was also trying to sell his bullshit. Ooh. So it was just like, well, that, mm. that makes me think of this idea of, um, <clears throat> creating something with the mm-hmm. intention of selling it, which mm-hmm. is basically what we're talking about. But the idea of like 
saying, I don't want to say saving someone's hack, but like looking down on, okay, so for, I'll, I'll translate it into something that I can readily speak on. Mm-hmm. The idea of doing an improv show, going up on stage and taking the easy button, taking the easy laugh. Whereas, you know, like, it's not going to make any of the improvisers in the crowd laugh. And mm-hmm. you, you, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I think of. It's just like, well, what's wrong with that? That on one hand, I get what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, like, and I think the the hand that wins is like, it makes people laugh. And the idea of you're making this specifically because it looks good and so it will sell, not because it is good. But then also like what makes it, what makes those two separate things? What am makes I, what? Am I not making sense again? No, I just, I got, honestly, what was happening was I was getting so heated in my head about <laughs> that <laughs> happening that I missed the last part of what you said. Do we need to like let you say a piece on that or? I just, I think one, I mean, I think most times the idea, like whatever whatever it is taking the easy way is often not the best way yeah um in a lot of things and if we're you know talking about improv and someone going for the let's see let's use who's here let's say we're in a scene what's up if you're using an example we can just use who's here okay so if you know i have the chance to make an easy laugh but it's gonna not it's, really? it's gonna like cause the scene to end. Whereas if you didn't, we could get way better and more laughs by mm-hmm. establishing whatever and getting through the yeah. right way to the end. I think the thing people forget is that like it's a team thing. Yeah. It's a group thing. You're not by yourself. So don't go for the easy shit because that doesn't help the team. It's like you're serving a bigger purpose than just yourself when you're up there, right? Mm-hmm. So fucking do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I won't, I'm not down on myself for any mm-hmm. moves I make or any improv sets I'm in anymore unless mm-hmm. it's like objectively like a bat, like, oh man. Sure. But like one move, one thing I ask all my teammates about, <clears throat> and I can think of a specific time this past weekend where I'm just like, hey, was that move too much? Did I like pull too much? Like in that example mm-hmm. where it's like, did I not support? Did I just come out with my own thing and totally blow it? And for the most part, like the one time, uh, the one time I did, I did it this past weekend, it was fine. Mm-hmm. It worked out, but like. Man, sometimes that is a risky thing. I mean, the other thing is just like, look, it's all made up on the spot, right? We're going to fuck up sometimes. Yeah. Sure. But when you when you see that that's someone's like regular that's thing. That's my go-to. Then it's just like, I have no desire to be on stage with that person. Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel good. No, no, I understand. I feel like it's... Um... Well, I guess, and, and that's kind of the thing. I'm that so, so that idea mm-hmm. of like, I, I'm I'm obsessed with this concept of very specific tools for very specific crafts in very specific hobbies. Do you, do you know what I'm kind of thinking of? Like, picture jewelry mm-hmm. making tools. Like, yeah. those are good for one thing and one thing only. Yeah, making jewelry. So I love the idea of a craft being so specific that you have these these intricate intricacies. Mm-hmm. And improv is a craft that has an intricacy of like when you're on stage, you support. And sometimes that means not going for the big laugh that you know will get a laugh, mm-hmm. so that scene plays out better for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but transitioning, kind of, I don't want to say back, but like. I'm, I'm trying to get, I guess, more on the idea of, like, making... You said you were making things and mm-hmm. someone was, like, looking down on you for making things that people would buy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not making the best. 
Like so, so the line is crossed when you get deep. When you want, when you get to the understanding of the hobby, of the true rules, of the of the intricacies of these very specific tools, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say that that's, I guess, the fair way to go about it? Sure. Do you have anything? To- <laughs> Did, you, did mean, you burn all your thoughts about that on, on <laughs> thinking of one specific person who... No, I wasn't even thinking about know, one specific I person. Sorry, I was, was thinking about a, a group of people. No, I'm just kidding, but Resident I'm not. ghost? No, I... I, look. I know, I know. Wait, I, I, think, just, I think the team <laughs> could possibly be. I, no, I mean, I think... Everybody's great, too. Okay. We just... um, Like... I'm still so close to people on Resident Ghost. And I mean, and you know, I feel like I should also say like a third of us are on another team together also. So, but it's just that group of people that was just like a really lovely experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I feel like I learned a lot on there. So on Resident Ghost. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Well, that's a good transition then. So (laughs) one of my favorite, one of the coolest things about this show mm-hmm. is how documented my house team mm-hmm. experience is. Because I actually, I did one of my teammates, Nicole Nielsen, we did her episode. Uh-huh. And then immediately after that, the episode was recorded, I got a call from Scott. So, like, and then after that, you know, I had a lot of detective people on. But, like, and Detective just had a show this past weekend. Mm-hmm. I heard it was awesome. It was so good. It's so crazy. And I want to, I want to very appropriately affectionately remove the new run of teams from the room because I I love them all for them mm-hmm. now but they're still going on. I want to talk about the mm-hmm. the group I was much closer to because I was on one of those teams. Mm-hmm. I'm not on one of these teams, but also I was around a lot more of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um so not excluding them from what I'm saying, I'm just specifically talking about how great our four teams are. Our four teams are so good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um I Yeah, it was that was a fun time. I mean, I'll bring it back for one second. We have some great no, teams up now. I just feel like it's very important to not exclude. But, like, when I really think about, like, mm-hmm. our shows. Because every one of all four of us have had a show since. The yeah, end of, Resident Ghost just had one on you guys, Friday. You guys opened yeah. for, uh, what was the show you guys opened for? Um, for The Reunion. The Reunion, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay, which is a really uh, apropos with Elliot also, but, like, the story kind of <laughs> Um Yeah, the idea of... Uh, the idea, but like the, every team has had shows and they crushed it. They've absolutely mm-hmm. been great all their own. And I remember watching everybody riot. I remember watching the last, actually the last couple ones, um, <clears throat> really seeing each team really fall into their own, really make sense, like cement. Like Resident Ghost, I think will forever be what it was at the end of the run. Mm. Because you guys were like, that's what we reached and that's where we'll stay. <laughs> you might not be as close, whatever. You might not mm-hmm. like. Uh, do as many shows. And I think same for every other team, but like, I feel like that's an example of four teams who all figured it out. I think like the way that I describe that experience to people is I will forever be down to do a resident ghost show. You can call me in 20 years. And if they say, Hey, the gang's getting together, I'm there. Like, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. Whatever the team, and that's what I'm saying, like, it was such a team. Yeah. Whatever the team <clears throat> needs, if I have it, I will give it. 
we had our own unique team dynamic, but all together, yeah, team was mm-hmm. for sure the way we kind of thought of things. I mean, our team name was almost like Fandamly. Like, we were definitely like really <laughs> close. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what house teams are. are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes perfect sense. But, like, there's just something I feel, I feel very connected to these four teams. And I feel like they mm-hmm. put on good shows every time. I've, I don't think I'll ever, ever have or ever will see a bad show from those four teams post Everybody Riot. Because I'm sure we all had rough shows or whatever, but, like, past Everybody Riot, like, once we mm-hmm. graduated, like, mm-hmm. it's been so good. And I'm so <laughs> just happy to see that. And I, to bring the other things back into the room, like, that's what they're, that, that's, that's kind of the goal. That's the, that you want to be, you want to be down whenever uh, yeah. a set's going to happen because you're like, boom. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that it's potentially, it might not happen for some teams. I think we had a really lucky run. And I just want to point out, mm-hmm. I know I said a lot, but if you have anything. No, I no, I think you're right though. It's not, I don't think it is going to happen for every team and I think that's okay too. Oh yeah. You know? Sure. Um, and I feel like through, cause like when I started taking classes, I had no desire. I was like, I'm going to take one one and that's it. I just want to hang out with some friends and like make some new friends maybe. And you have new people who are there when you, yeah. Cause I started at the theater, but I was doing stand up. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a minute before ever. I was just like, I don't trust people. I don't want that. I don't want to do it. And then I was like, this is actually really fun. So, um, yeah. So I had never, there was like never a moment doing like one Oh one or you two Oh one where I was like, I, I think I want to be on a house team sometime. And then I was on an indie team and then, you know, whatever. Everybody knows. Um, but some people might not know if you want to like, I mean, it's boring. I don't know. Yeah. You did great. Yeah. No, I had an, and that, and that first indie team that started from my one Oh one class, we still do shows every once in a while. So I think I think I just was very lucky. That's what I feel mm-hmm. like with this whole thing. Yeah. So I was really lucky to get to play with the people I've played with. And when I won't, I'm not going to be specific about yeah. this because this current session is still going. It's but, an ongoing case. Right. Exactly. But I will say going into those auditions, I was like, I want this one thing and I want this other thing. And if I get those two things, I'll be happy. And I got those two things. Okay. So, I'll say that, <laughs> which is no, 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 yeah. very vague. <laughs> but the idea of, like, um, going into a project and saying, like, I know what I need to mm-hmm. really enjoy this project. It's mm-hmm. going to be these two things. Mm-hmm. And so getting those two things, it's like, okay, I'm ready. That's, yeah. I, that's all I wanted. I'm good and, with those two things. Right. And that's not to say, like, everything is, like, perfect and whatever, but it was, like, I know that I will learn the most. And probably have, like, the most fun I could if these two things align. Sure. And, I mean, I mean, for me, it was... I had, I had similar things, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of mine was schedule, so I can mm-hmm. understand how things like that would <clears throat> have to line up for yeah. things to kind of work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what do you feel like has been your greatest takeaway from improv? Being that, I, I mean, that's the thing um, I know most, most of the great people in my life through. I feel like a lot of people... I think that that's something I want to start asking mm-hmm. people because I feel like we've all been obviously affected so much that we do it so much. We're so yeah. around. So, like, there's got to be some something that comes to mind when I ask that. And I gave you some, I stalled enough so you have time to. <laughs> no, I still don't know. What's my biggest takeaway? Or just a big takeaway. I mean, oh, there's like, I feel like there's 
too much. I mean, through, I'm trying to think of like through all the different ways I've encountered improv from like watching it to doing it to, you know, being in classes and now I'm teaching and stuff. And I feel like the biggest, the thing that like hits my heart the hardest, I guess, would probably just be like to show up. What do you mean? Like, you know, if you make a commitment to something, show up and do it. If you're, you know, you were saying earlier, like the whole idea is like, it's supportive. So like if your friend's out on the stage by themselves, show up, get out there. Like when your friends are working hard on a show and they're worried about not enough people coming in, like show up, sit in the seat, just show up. Yeah. I I posted this, I felt kind of lame at the time, but I love it more and more. I posted this picture on Instagram of this paragraph from, from this book. Um, and it was just saying like the most important thing an artist has to do is support the other artists mm-hmm. around them to help build a community. Because mm-hmm. if you support other artists, they'll support you and then you can, your art will mm-hmm. be supported and then you can continue to make your art. And then, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm always so grateful whenever like people come to the shows that I like, because yeah. they work on, like whenever lives attended, I'm just like, ah, there will be audio on the like mm-hmm. audience audio. Like I love yeah. it. So no, I definitely, I definitely think that's a big deal. Um, su- support. I mean, supports the, the like the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. Well, then, okay. So to take that point a little further, mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that you can apply, like, and you do apply it to other parts of your life. Support yeah. the idea of support in general. Mm-hmm. Try to. Sure. I mean, yeah. Uh. Whenever I, just, I, I, when I picture, when I first asked the question, I pictured it like, what's something if someone asked you mm-hmm. a takeaway, like if you're trying to tell someone to take a class kind of thing, if you're doing that <clears throat> whole thing. Um, if I'm trying to entice someone to take a class. Yeah. If they're like, why should I do it? Like, what's the benefit? That's, that's where my, that's, oh. where, I almost said that like mm-hmm. bad cab out, like, but I wanted to see what you had to say before I said that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now I'm glad I didn't because it seems so... Like, the first thing I thought of um, was the whole yes-anding thing. And I say that with, like, a little... Yeah, with a little, little gesture. little hand, like, okay. Yeah, because it's a little... It's kind of bullshit. <laughs> it's kind of bullshit. But also, like, have you ever had a conversation with someone and they literally say no and it just makes you not want to talk to them ever again? Yeah, of course. Okay, I want to make sure that's that, that, that's a takeaway that I've really gotten from improv and just like oh it's so much more fun to, to just to, agree mm-hmm. like that is that's like the first lesson in like one on one I think that's my that's one of my favorite things that I biggest takeaways just agree mm-hmm. just go with it just let other people talk for a second yeah I mean when done right I guess it teaches people how to listen when done right well, no, I mean, you know what I mean no though? no you're so right well it all everything you just, you just boil it down listening is like exactly it yeah but that's you know and I totally count myself in that group too it's just like some people aren't always great at it oh yeah well I mean especially if you don't know you need to do it yeah <laughs> um I don't, I don't want to do a greatest takeaways, greatest hits, but I do want to know, like, have you had any takeaways in doing your podcast so far? Cause I mean, that's something that a lot of people get to do. And when I say get to do, I mean, yeah, but you know what I mean? Um, 
I know I, I've told people like, I'm just, I'm learning so much. Well, I'm learning so much about these individuals, like on a different level. Sure. Even the ones that I consider like very close friends. And I'm learning like, it, it sounds bad, but I'm like, maybe I'm a little bit more messed up than I think I am. But it's like, I'm okay with that. Sure. Because... Like, I know this is in progress kind of a thing. And just learning the way, the, the the clearest part of it is learning the ways that I communicate differently with people. Like, so. With different people. Right. So it's like, for instance, person A, I know exactly my feelings towards that person. And I know exactly my feelings towards person B. And I don't communicate with them in the same way. And I don't think it's just because, like, we all communicate in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's because of like my actual like feelings towards people. So then I catch myself like when I, when my laugh hits a certain note (laughs) or something, it's like, Oh, does that mean, you know, so I'm just, I'm being a Capricorn and I'm like overanalyzing everything. And then I'm like, Oh, I just like laughed really. I laughed the way I laughed with that other person. And I know that, you know, so does this mean with this one? And you know, and so I'm just like, playing mash in my head eight times a day and being like, who's going to love me? So that's what I've been learning. <laughs> mash was the game where you would uh, write stuff down or something? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it's that was a t- really, really popular game <laughs> back in the grade school. Yeah. Look, I'm always down for a Resident Ghost show. I'm also always down to play mash. Well, can we play right now? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how it works. Okay, so, so mash is mansion... Apartment, shack, and house. Okay. And then you list like four to five people you might marry. Oh, so we cannot play this one no, right we now. We can, but we are not. We playing can, this. but I would ask you to not mention any names. We made the podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> yeah, you should, that's oh, actually that really cool. good. We should do like a whole. Uh, Episode where you sit down with a friend and go over the highlights of That's, the episode. Well, I'm doing there a. Was I, something I had an idea like and I said that. Out loud. Yeah, so, there uh, was an idea similar to that because I am going to have some friends on it. So cool. Let me know. We've Make got sure a, that it happens yeah. really nicely with the microphones. Yeah. So yeah. So biggest takeaway is. What, what, sorry, what was the summation? Of uh, I don't even remember. That I'm a mess and I communicate differently <clears throat> right. based on how I feel about people. That's right. And then it also makes me wonder if um, if that means I just need to bring more compassion to other people. Because it's like, we don't know what everybody's dealing with or whatever. And so, and so I just, I mean, like in a broad sense, it's just like, Oh, just because I like like this person and not I'm not talking like romantic or whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be warmer to them. But the way I talk to somebody who maybe is just an acquaintance or a stranger or whatever, like there's not really generally, there's not really a reason that I shouldn't bring that same warmth to them. To an acquaintance. Yeah. I guess. I s and you know, Ooh. I have my reservations on that also because I'm a woman. Of course. No, and I I think that's, well, it's this idea of expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot with, like, different situations. And it's like, well, realistically, the expectation should be every minimum, like, social grace of just, like, 
being polite mm-hmm. and uh, not necessarily having to be warm. I think that's a that's an expectation of like, oh, you should be warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's like maybe that's like a politeness thing. Like the more warm you are, the more polite you seem, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would be inclined to let you off the hook. If you, were, if you if you were putting yourself on the hook, I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, you're fine. That's, that's okay. <laughs> well, this is the other reason I think about that. If <laughs> if I'm like, am I just like unapproachable or something? Um, is because of the number of people that are like, oh, I, I used to be scared of you, and it's like, why? I mean, I used to be scared of you. Okay, why? Yeah. Well, no, well, I can answer that actually. Yeah, no, I, that's why I asked why. Well, it's because I, I had built you up in my head. From I mean, what though? Like, well, and it had nothing to do with you. It's something I realized I was doing a lot mm. on my own, where it's just like I would, um, I was hanging out with, with a woman and I was, mm. um, I was having a lot of anxious thoughts. Um, and I was, and then we hung out for like a couple hours and I, I remember just being like, so, and finally I just asked, I was like, have you had like one negative thought about me since I got here? And, and she said, no. And I was like, okay, well then I'm obviously doing something wrong. And from that moment on, I just was like, I never thought anyone had... I never built someone up because I'm like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm mm-hmm. wrong if I'm just going off of what I interpret. Mm-hmm. So I should let them kind of figure it out. And I think that's when I, quote unquote, stopped being afraid of you. But it wasn't just <laughs> like you. I mean, it was other mm-hmm. people who were just confident and like, didn't... Like, when you look at someone, you're not like afraid. Like, you're not like thinking like, oh, I'm going to make a wrong move. Whereas a lot of people are like, Oh no! I'm gonna I'm gonna say the wrong thing, and they're gonna like not like me or something. When that's so funny because I often think like I'm gonna say something wrong. I mean, yeah, but like, okay, so me trying to get into relationship on this show like a half hour ago was something I think was if I if I thought like that same way, but like, that was the wrong move. You think I'm the biggest weirdo, but you probably didn't think about it again. Unless I, unless I keep bringing it up. About you, like you bringing up relationships being a wrong move? Me really trying to get into talking about it Mm -hmm. and then again, spiraling, not having a question and then just talking for five minutes. Like I've been thinking about cutting that out a bunch of times. Oh, I'm not concerned about it. Because you haven't thought about it. That's what I'm saying (laughs) is, is this idea of like, I'm, I'm building it off my head Mm -hmm. of just like, and I think for me it comes off this idea of building a personal narrative where, Mm -hmm. Uh, a, a hero in a story has bad things happen to them so they can persevere. Hmm. Whereas a lot of people just have things happen to them, assign them as bad, and mm-hmm. then just feel bad. Whereas, so like, I, for example, I could cut that garbage out, never mm-hmm. release it again, and think about it forever as the only the second episode where I cut something out because mm-hmm. of embarrassment. Um, but I could also just release it, be embarrassed, and forget about it. And mm-hmm. no one will ever mention it to me again because no one will think about it Because no one will think no, it's embarrassing. Also. Think about every yeah. professional comedian's podcast you've listened to. Pete has all kinds of bullshit on there where he says the wrong thing. Or, oh my god, his intros, sometimes they're so bad. Or the audio is bad. Who's? Pete Holmes. Oh, the, I thought you were talking about like our friend oh, Pete. Pete no. I was like, he has a podcast. No, I'm sorry, uh, Pete Holmes. Uh, his the one I the one that gotcha, I was gotcha, all the gotcha. time his friends one. Um, and so I think for me, it's just like who cares? Yeah, yeah. I but the the fun part is like after that, like referencing the idea of like getting to talk about that as a concept. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, I used to be afraid of you, but I think 
that's just because I was uncomfortable with myself. <laughs> if I'm like, that, I guess that's what it is. Okay. But then, okay, so then I'm going to loop this back around. <clears throat> okay. So if so, ma- if so many people are telling me they used to be afraid of me and taking you as a, the specific person in this, if you're saying it, was, it wasn't it was really about me, it was because you felt uncomfortable like yourself, if that means all these people are so uncomfortable with themselves, shouldn't I just bring a little warmth to that? Um, well, you can. <laughs> yeah, but we know I probably won't. Okay, so, so, so to, we you, to use our know. situation as an example, <laughs> um, uh, let's see. The first time we ever started talking, mm-hmm. like, was when we had a conversation about our name. <clears throat> and you made it clear that you wanted to be called Kimberly. And I have gone beyond out of my way. You're the best one. I'm the best You're one. You're the best one. I'm happy to take that. <laughs> because you said it was important. I'm like, I'm going to be the, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit. And I even, I said, I said Kim in this podcast once, but it was only because I'm like, I, I'm the best. I can do that. Yeah. I mean, 99% of everyone else is Kim. So it's But fine. that was you showing me, I don't say, but warmth, like you being, mm-hmm. you not looking at me as an acquaintance and more of like a, like a friend of just like, I... Now I have a thought about that person. That person mm-hmm. has interacted with me, and I'm thinking about it. And you take what inter- you, whatever interactions mm-hmm. I have around you, you take what you remember, you decide it's good, and then you have like a pile of good or bad, and you think of me as good or bad or whatever. But you don't really think about a lot of the specific ones, and you definitely don't think about the minute ones that aren't even labeled. Mm-hmm. So that that's the way I think. And I think that, <clears throat> I don't know if that's everybody, but... I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if, I, if I never if I never thought that way, I'd still find you terrifying and probably never talk to you. But that's because just probably. I don't know, just the way you are, and, and <laughs> but not like you, uh-huh. but like it's 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 a trait that you possess that other people also possess. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, because there are people that I'm afraid of that I know I don't really have a reason to be afraid of. Would you like? Are you talking about big three? No. I, a lot of people are afraid of the big three. Oh, I've known them a long time. That when I asked that question, I realized how stupid that question. I was. honestly, so wait, do you watch? Do you watch <laughs> This Is Us? No. Because do you know? Do you know anything about the show? Whatever. They had really dramatic commercials. There's triplets on the show, and well, they, they have a sort new, of triplets. new cast every show. It seemed no. I couldn't keep up with the people, the faces nah. of the commercials. It's just old age makeup. Okay. And process. Old age makeup. Um, but there's three kids, and they're referred to as the big three. So I was like, <laughs> Am I afraid of them? No, I love them. Like, what I love do you? That show. And then I was like, Oh, I know what you're talking about. LeBron, D-Wade, <laughs> and uh, the third one. And the third one. Mike Bibby, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his, when he was around, it was probably like the last time I watched basketball. Okay. It's been a minute. I have, I don't even remember. Uh, okay, so who are you saying that you're still afraid of? You, okay. don't, you, you don't have to name it. No, but I mean, but there are definitely people like in our community that I'm afraid of, sure. Or that I'm like very intimidated by. And it's like, I know I don't need to be and I've even like I feel like some of them we've even had a conversation and it's like yeah they give me no reason to think that they mm-hmm. think poorly of me whatever but I'm still just like oh what absolutely and I don't think that way about a lot of people and mm-hmm. I, I would say I don't think that way now or like mm-hmm. I'll my the neural pathways in my brain will like think that way and then I'll like quickly recognize and stop it but like I would say that it's not. It would. It wasn't everyone I was afraid of. Mm-hmm. 
So like I, a year, sure. I feel like you're the same, but yeah. like you're just a person who draws that for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think so. One of the I was trying to think because I, of course I'm thinking of like in my head I'm thinking of specific people that I feel like I know I'm not as warm to. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think I don't feel that way to the, or why I sort of like, I know my defenses go up around them and I like, I'm fine with them feeling that I'm unapproachable is because I feel, uh, that they have like an expectation of me that is unwarranted. Yeah. And so it's just like, like you want something from me that I either can't give you or don't want to give you and I shouldn't have to. Absolutely. And so like, we will never go further than how was your day or like, see you next time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't say, (laughs) I don't say good set to anyone unless I mean it. You will never catch me saying good set. If I, if like, no, no, what? No, please. Ridiculous. A little you sit in that moment. For a <laughs> um, no, I think <laughs> I think it's unnecessary for me to add to that, but I want to just highlight the the idea of expectation because mm-hmm. I feel like that's something I was guilty of too. When you put these expectations on people, um, I don't think mm-hmm. I ever did that in with you. But like, if you did, I didn't notice. <laughs> well, no, I don't think I ever. Yeah, yeah, but like, I've definitely done that, and I've also like. I would say I've mostly done that in relationships, in mm-hmm. a situation where there it does kind of make sense to have that expectation, mm-hmm. but re- looking at it now, it's like, no, no, it doesn't make sense. Right. But I can see how you got there. <clears throat> yeah. It's not okay. And it's different when it's like someone that you're intimate with versus someone that yeah. you don't have any, like... Connection with, you never... Right. Or like maybe you have some... Maybe you hung out once, or you were in like this... You were at the same party or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's just like... I'm not the type of person who, like, I don't learn your name and then we're friends, like, all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So, I don't no, know. I mean, it, it's kind of the idea of, um, well, just, like, I don't know, letting, it's, it's just an organic way of, like, letting things happen. I'm just, like. Yeah. But, like, kind of like you said, and I think, like, this is indicative of your personality, and I think it's going to wrap around very nicely. Um, you don't go on a lot of dates because, <laughs> well, to a degree, it's like you. Thanks for the reminder. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you still remembered. No, no. You don't go on a lot of dates. I know I'm here on another night where I'm not going on a date. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to pet my bunny. Cause... My new little bunny. <laughs> Oh, the bunny. We, we didn't get, at the beginning, we, I didn't get any of us like I'm your bunny, so. But I oh. know, okay, real quick. So, like, yeah. um, the idea of, um, <clears throat> no expectation. Oh, God, what was it? What were you just, what were we just saying? Expectations. My oh. personality. I don't go on dates. You don't go on dates. Because you don't, like, um, I might be making a whole lot of assumptions, but the idea of just, like, you're not going to, you're not going to focus your your time and attention mm-hmm. on something that doesn't have how much it doesn't have a return because that's i think that's pretty accurate but though. that that's what i mean i'm just like i think not, that yeah but that, then that comes like you're just not gonna waste your time on something so you're not gonna go on a date you're like i don't know maybe he's he's cute like we'll see no you're, you're gonna yeah. go on and i feel like you're the kind of 
You're going to go... I think I'm kind of at this point where it's like, I'm going to go on a date with someone who I have an interest in. And usually that right. kind of comes with, like, we're hanging out. And, right. like, then we naturally kind of talk. Yeah. And that's where the kind of yeah. forms. Not just, like, mm-hmm. we're in the same kind of space all the time, whether it's the theater mm-hmm. or school or work. So, hey, you, you're cute, you're around. Yeah. Or, like, you're mm-hmm. there, so we should totally be friends just because... You're, you sit across from me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're drawn to the people who you're actually drawn to, and that's the people we spend time with. But then it's about being polite for the rest of the time. <laughs> Dropping the expectations <laughs> unless... Well, I think realistically, and I don't want this to get... I'm okay with this going, if this goes too much. But, like, dropping all expectations and just kind of being open to the idea of, like, well, what's going to happen? Let's just mm-hmm. see what happens. Let's just be present in that moment and go through and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, I mean... Okay, so part of, like, you were saying you're going to go out on dates with someone, like, you're interested in mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So I, even in my relation, the people, like, I was in, like, committed relationships to, like, those didn't start off with, like, a, oh, we had a nice date and sort of a thing. It was just, like, most of, and not that there were many, uh, it was, like, we met and immediately were glued at the hip sort of thing. Interesting. So I've never really known the person I'm dating before dating them. No, 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 no. That but I'm that trying to do that. No, but yeah. not actively. Not like I'm trying to make <laughs> friends so that I can date a friend. It's more like, yeah, okay, so my experience is different because I always moved around a bunch. Uh-huh. So I would need to like, like I was on like, I can picture earlier in college I was on like okay Cupid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like met someone on there and then we started dating. But like, like you said, I never knew them unless I was da- like mm-hmm. dating them. I yeah. never knew them as a person individually. Yeah. Um, and it was always this idea of this, you're, I always went into the expectation of like, I'm looking to date kind of thing. Whereas it's more, where you're kind of, the way you're spending your time is more like focused. And to, to bring it back to what you're saying, I'm like, for the acquaintance level people, like, you just get a high kind of thing. How are you doing? Yeah. Because I'm not invested in them. And I, and I, I, yeah, you're okay with owning that. But I also want to, everything I'm saying, I'm not like, you, 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 but more like <laughs> this, the personality type mm-hmm. that you, I would put you under. But just in general, like, I'm, mm-hmm. again, I'm still making a lot of assumptions. Whatever, whatever is true is true. I'm not going to throw all that on you. But like, yeah, I like the idea of dropping expectations totally for the idea of just being open to a situation. Yeah. And, and that's also, like, not completely realistic. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, like, it's so, when can we really enter into something and be like, I have no expectations. Exactly. Like, we always want something exactly. out of something. Well, you're you're going to find, you're going to find a pull in some direction and right. you're going to set yourself up to go in that trajectory and take advantage of whatever you think might come, which is mm-hmm. kind of like, obviously, you meet someone, there's sparks, you're going to pursue something on a romantic yeah. trajectory. And I'll say, like... I have I have a lot of great friends in my life. I know a lot of amazing people. I think right now it would be really hard for someone who doesn't know me at this point to like end up dating me. To crack the yeah. I just it like I think it would be really. I just don't. I can't see that happening, which is weird because what that means is that whoever I start dating, I must already know. And I'm just like, I don't know who the fuck that person is. Well, it's 
this is this is so great. I feel like we found our stride <laughs> because this is the answer to the question I couldn't find. What kind of person can a comedian date? Just saying it, just outright saying mm, it. Yeah. Um, somebody. I started making a list of like big traits this person would need to have. Oh, okay. This is me being very honest. Yeah. Um, and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to say it, and then we'll, I'll do damage control later. <laughs> oh boy! Though I will say, if the person who this story is about is listening, um, I have no, absolutely no hard feelings about you and what you Whoa. did in this. It's not. It's nothing it's crazy. It's getting juicy. But it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say how. I'm gonna say how I feel about it because to me, at the time when mm-hmm. I saw this, it was crazy. Okay. Um, I was a lot of build up for not a lot of delivery. I had a roommate <laughs> who had a big list like that. And it was a couple uh-huh. pages. And maybe it wasn't the coolest. A couple pages? A couple pages about like like writings about like their thoughts on what uh-huh. kind of person they wanted. Sure. They were older than I was at the time. They were like mm-hmm. six years older than me. Um, How old are you now? I'm 27. So okay. they were probably about the same age as you, uh, early 30s. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm 31. So, 31. Yeah. I'm not in my early 30s. I'm, 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 barely, I'm barely into 30, okay? So I just think, calm down with that. <laughs> I'm just he, kidding. I don't mind. I think he was 30 or 31. Is he single? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he's got a list, so we get... Well, but, this is two pages. I don't feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like a resume. Keep on one page. Um, the part I didn't like and the part... Yeah. I, I, can, I, I now have an appreciation for... Knowing what you want, making a list, I'm more on mm-hmm. board with. Mm-hmm. But he had it written out, and he like put it on the fridge. And I think he had a conversation with some of our other roommates, mm-hmm. where they were talking about. They probably were like, "We're gonna set you up," kind of thing. But okay. they were doing it more like kind of having fun with it. But he put it on the fridge, and that like really made me uncomfortable. Just like find me this woman, kind of thing. But now I can appreciate it. Just like I know what I like, I know what I don't like. Kind of like when you were saying, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna get into the situation. I gotta know that." I'm not going to have a miserable time. I'm not going to waste my time. Mm -hmm. There is something to be said about going through these things and figuring them out. I'm curious as to how um, specific. His was. Yeah. Uncomfortably specific. Because, like, so, okay, I'll tell you one thing on my list is, like, the dude can't mind how often I sing. Because I don't, I'm not a singer, but I sing a lot. Yeah. So it's just, like, if that annoys you, it's probably not going to work out because, What's going to happen is we'll get in a fight about something, and then I'm going to start singing something, and then he's going to be like, oh my gosh, can you just like be quiet? And then I'm going to be like so hurt and destroyed, and it's just like, let's just prevent that. And, you know. So you just need someone who, <laughs> who, who, who not like necessarily likes dumb. you. I was trying to think of the dumbest thing on my list. I'm, not likes me. It doesn't mind me. Doesn't mind doesn't me. Mind, me. Yeah. Like, my expressions of myself. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's just like, because I've gotten those looks from, not from singing, um, but I've gotten that look from someone where they're like, just so not. On board of what you're doing. Right. And it's like, I don't, you know, I know there are ups and downs and whatever will take this, this but it's like, I'm not, I'm just not going to put myself in a position where I feel like somebody would already be so annoyed by me regularly. But also there's, I feel like there's a lot of things where it's like, I'm not afraid of showing who I am to somebody, but Mm -hmm. like, I'm afraid of dating somebody for the fact that they won't like when I, for example, like using it, sing, like you said that you've gotten glances when you do certain things. When I, like, yeah, totally. I don't want someone unhappy with my existence. Right, exactly. And exactly. I think that's the thing. Is just that's like, what it is. But, but it, it comes a point when you 
finally are done climbing this mountain. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit. And you get to the top and you're just like, well, I know I don't want any of that kind of thing. <laughs> and like, then you're like, can chill in that, and then, mm-hmm. in that space. It's just like, stop putting up with that shit. And I think that was kind of the, the stop, the place where I stopped being afraid of you, where mm-hmm. I stopped putting up with bullshit. Stop putting up with your shit, Kimberly. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Done. <clears throat> We're dungeon rings. We're what? Dungeon rings. What the, where did that come from? Did you make that up? I did not. I got it from a YouTube video. You should give it back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> no, I'm so, so sorry. sorry. I'm turning my dungeon I'm rings. so sorry. I like dungeon rings. I like dungeon rings like I like the term for screenshots. Screeny weenies. I need... On my I mean, list is someone who likes funny alliterations. I have never heard that before. Send me them screeny weenies. It's more fun to type than it is to say. It's more fun to type than it is to say. Um, it also just sounds like uh, something you'd ask your um, significant other. Like if you're at work and they're at home watching porn and you'd be like, send me the screeny weenies. <laughs> like that's what that sounds like to me. Send me the screeny weenies. <laughs> It's uh, like we're watching together. I I don't think this is too inside, but it's also like so late in the episode that I don't know who makes it to the end of the episodes. <laughs> but there's a in the Dad Cullen text chat, there's just this random dick pic that keeps going around. It's not one of ours. It's just like it's a screening weenie. Oh my god. I feel like it's important to say because now it's I'm gonna call it the screening weenie. Yeah. You guys should just change your name to Screeny Weenies. <clears throat> we're the Screeny Weenies. Yeah. If I, you ever do, like, if you ever film stuff. We have filmed stuff. You did? You have? We did, uh, we did a we did a short film for our friend Nick Garfield. You know Nick? I he, do know Nick. He, he took some classes. He did a short film. Yeah, no, I know Nick. Yeah, he did Dad's, um, he had Dad's clone star in his, uh, it's called The Superheroes, I believe. Oh, I remember seeing him put something out about needing people, but I didn't realize it was, like, that uh, I was out to see. Yeah, he put it out. It was pretty yeah. good. It was fun. I had a lot of fun uh, doing it. I'll have to check that out. It's a it's a thrilling tale. I won't spoil it for you. Okay. It's called You're, the superheroes. The look you just gave me was like maybe I won't check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That wouldn't be the worst thing. That would be okay. Hmm. Uh, there's a reason I didn't post about it, mm-hmm. and it was only because. Uh, I I couldn't I couldn't show uh, I couldn't show a part of it to some of my family, so that's why I didn't post about it. Interesting, right? Can't talk about it. That's so intriguing. I have a couple of things I've written down that are yeah. also very intriguing. You oh, saw. you saw, but I can't I can't bring them up because there are things you couldn't talk about. But I hope to get the dish. You're just going to gossip with me after? Absolutely. <laughs> Good luck. <clears throat> you know, I am the type of person that a lot of people tell secrets to. I believe that. But I don't tell anybody anything. I believe that, too. Because when I, when I was looking over these, I'm like, there's no way she tells me any of this. <laughs> but, I might get an answer out of one of them because it seems generic enough. Mm-hmm. But the other one, no way. No mm-hmm. way. Well, that's mm-hmm. the thing is, um, okay, so that's the point. Uh, I feel like, okay. I have a theory about the way you interact with people. Ooh. And I don't want it to come off as, I'm going to tell you something about you that you don't know. 
You might. That's the that that's the that's the part of that I want I want to have. It's just the like. I think people like hearing things about themselves. I love hearing things about myself. But I don't want it to come off as snooty or I'm right. Um, I want it to be more like, this is something I think and I want to hear what you think. Okay. So one of the reasons why I had trouble with that uh, question at the beginning that I keep referencing is because you just let me sit in it. (laughs) You have a tendency, and I've noticed this in listening to... Uh, yeah. your podcast yeah. and doing this one with you. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've had a couple other people who do this. Um, you won't interject. Mm-hmm. And the only way you'll realistically start talking is if I stop talking. Because what is interjecting? It's interrupting. Oh, I do it all the time though. You're rude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's also like, I think partly how I was raised. Yeah. I've never interrupted um, a person in my life. I just did it to you, yeah. Well, there it is. But I, it's also... It's weird because I feel like in improv, I often... I feel like I'm interrupting. I feel like I interrupt a lot sometimes. Well, I, guess that's, I guess that's good because I feel like you don't interrupt someone's someone talking. Mm-hmm. Which I I can totally see as like a rude thing. I don't think I don't think anyone thinks I'm being rude mm-hmm. when I do interrupt. Sometimes I do interrupt, and I'm like, I probably shouldn't have cut that off because what I had to say wasn't important. Or I try to make sure I get back on the thought. Mm-hmm. But that's something that you do that makes people very uncomfortable because they don't know how to react because they have the expectation that you will also be mm-hmm. exactly where they are in that conversation and you will be just as invested and you will have the conversation the way they expect you to or the way they need you to. Interesting. Did you notice the pause? What? Did you notice how I paused? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you, you, talking to you, you have to be very conscious, but the thing is, is like, that's, that's why people are uncomfortable because you make them play an away game. They have to play by you. And I realized I got lost in it Mm because I kept waiting for you to, like, say something. And then you didn't say anything. And the look you gave me, I kept talking. I kept thinking. And I was like, what do I say next? Here's another thing is I think people generally are far more uncomfortable in silence than I am. Mm -hmm. I think that in regular conversation. And I definitely think that in improv. Oh, my gosh. So I think that's part of it. Well, that's something when, okay. So when you said that I had this, the, uh, this thought I had when, when I didn't know who you were and I was mm-hmm. just like watching you on stage, that's something that you did always did that struck me was you sat in silence very well, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. I like it. I do. Well, doing the podcast, I like <laughs> it because there's a lot of examples. I'm like, nope, just be quiet. Just let, let there be silence. It's just okay. Let it breathe. There are times where I don't let that happen. Sure. But. That's just like normal, like human shit. But like, no, no, no. I like it. I just don't play. That's not my default. That's not how I Mm -hmm. like to play. Uh, I think, because, so the thing is, is that's so unlike, to a degree that's so unlike the way that you normally are. It's very polite Mm -hmm. and like, um, you are in general, like a very thoughtful, polite person. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but like, it's not as supportive as you normally are. Do you see what I'm saying? So where you see me... How am I normally? Supportive. When you, the way you think. You just... You... you I literally... Act, I actually physically saw you get mad thinking about <laughs> people not making supportive moves, <laughs> improv moves. And uh-huh. I had the same... When you said that, I started thinking about it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but like... 
So you are very aware of how important it is to be supportive, how important it is to listen, which is what you're doing. You're a very good listener. Mm -hmm. But like, so while you were listening to me, Mm -hmm. again, with the question that is so referenceable, um, the support move would have been either like a mercy edit or like coming in and saying, and I'm not, I'm so not putting the responsibility on you. No, 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 it's fine. But just the idea of like, that's someone's thought process of like, save me. Mm -hmm. No, I should have just not said anything. But I got so lost in like playing the game of like, well, I gotta say, I gotta say all these things now, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're right there with me. Like we're both like just trapped in this thing, and you're just like, what the fuck are you saying? But I don't think it was. I mean, I can't really remember <laughs> now, mm-hmm. but I don't think at any point I was like, except when I said, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, well, that's when I realized like I don't know what the fuck. Um, you're talking about. But I mean, for the most part, it's just like, you know, sometimes. So when we're, we're processing things, some people are processing verbally, mm-hmm. and I'm not really... I'm generally not doing that. Mm-hmm. Well... So... I, I don't... I don't... That felt like you, you were trying to explain yourself. I don't want to make you feel like you have to. I want to... I want to... Oh. I want to instead... No, I'm saying, like, it didn't read to me that oh, you yeah. were, like, floundering at all. Oh. It was just, like, you're just figuring out... What the fuck I'm what saying. What you're saying. I'm worried. Which well, is fine. It probably sounded like that, and it probably wouldn't have been a thing if I didn't bring it up. But I'm so, mm-hmm. I, I am very comfortable bringing it up, because that's kind of the whole point, is, like, be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Really, because I'm, I mean, I'm focusing on that part. But, like, that's what makes people... I barely remember it. I know. I, ba- I barely remember what I said. I don't I even remember, remember, like, what it was about. I'm, like, really, I was, like... This relationships was it breakfast? Like I, I don't even remember now. It, it it was a thing before breakfast. That's why the breakfast question was was. Oh, your palate cleanser came in. Like, yeah, well, that, gotcha. it, well, I mean, look how good it cleansed the palate. Yeah, I mean, it was a little rough of a palate cleanser, but once you got beyond it, it, it <laughs> because got, you, well, it's tough when it's also someone who doesn't normally eat breakfast. <laughs> exactly, you don't you don't know you're eating. You're just not, you're just, I don't really eat breakfast. Your palate's not refined. Oh, my my morning routine is completely different now. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, um, I'm a new mom. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of time. It's just you gotta get that butt uh, off of school. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy school. That sounds adorable. Yeah, it does, but he'd probably hate it just like he hates me. Oh I'm just kidding. He doesn't I know feel, me. I want a full breakdown of the money, but I want to close that. Yeah, pot. sure. All I want to say is the idea of like everything I was saying, just to say. That's people putting expectation on you, and I think mm-hmm. that's what it is, is because you, oh, I was saying something about support. I was like, so you're sitting there, so imagine that interaction where we're talking, and mm-hmm. that we get into a conversation happens, say, at the theater with a, a random person, mm-hmm. and you're just, you're there, yeah. and you guys start talking, and then they start talking, and they start, they want to ask you a question, and it starts, and it goes on for like a minute and a half, and you're mm-hmm. just listening, and you get to the point where you genuinely think, I don't even know what they're asking anymore. That's because they've talked themselves into this place because of the expectations they had, which is why people, and I want to remove even you from it, just someone mm-hmm. who operates the way that you do, Capricorns. If we're <laughs> going to talk about it, can we talk about our Capricorns? <laughs> There's a reason Capricorns uh, are Capricorns. I'm just saying, like, you... See, I feel like I had to do it right there. I had to, like, stop myself because I could mm-hmm. just feel myself winding up. 
basically people feel like they have to keep talking and they feel like you're not responding and Mm -hmm. then they get into all those thoughts of like, I'm not entertaining you, you're bored. And then they start assigning all these thoughts that you're having when really you're just sitting there like listening Mm -hmm. to everything they're saying, like, what? I don't know what to say right now. And I, it's my turn to answer soon and I'm not going to have someone that's going to respond and then they're going to look at me weird. And what did I tell you earlier that someone told me? If you don't have anything to say, don't, don't say, say anything. anything. And so what everyone should have said was <laughs> nothing. The idea of not starting that sentence. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm saying is to culminate yeah. all that was all that was the whole point of no, like, I, I think gotcha. that's why. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't like meaningless conversation. Yeah. I, I, I like it a little bit. I like it as a, I consider it like a practice. Mm-hmm. Like, let's practice mm-hmm. conversation. Let's see how this works. Not necessarily for like a podcast, like, oh, let's practice for the podcast. But like, that way when, let's see if, let's see if I care about talking to you. Let's, it's, it's like, it's mm-hmm. like someone's around enough that like, for me, mm-hmm. they like get into the outer bubble and I'm like, okay, well then let's like talk at the theater or talk at this bar mm-hmm. or talk at work. And I'll see, like, if I want to talk to you again or... And that sounds so holier than that. But I think it's just this general, uh, the way we check boxes. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think anyone's like, I'm better than this person. I'm not going to be their friend. It's just more like, I don't want to... Yeah. And I mean, I feel like you might be in the same boat. Like what I was saying earlier is I have a lot of great friends, great people around me. Like, I don't need more friends. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying I won't make more friends, but like, we're not, if you want to, if you think you, if you think you know me or think there's something about me and just have to be my friend, it's not going to happen by us just being like, Hey, hi, nice to see you again. Moving up. You know what I mean? Like we'll have to have an actual conversation, right? Yeah. So it's just like that meaningless, like not, it's like a small talk, I guess. That sort of stuff is I have no desire for. Well, it's kind of like, and I feel like when you said, I don't need any more friends, I got what you meant, but I want to say it in a different way, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I don't have enough time. I don't have any free time where I'm trying right. to fill it with new people. Yeah. So it's not, it's, so it's not like, I don't want any new friends. It's just like, I have so much to do that I am not, it's not like I'm like, Oh, you know, I should ask this mm-hmm. person out, like, yeah. uh, to go get coffee uh, one day, just yeah. to chill. Like, I don't have, I don't, I don't have coffee time. Yeah, I barely see the people I care about as it is, which yeah. is also probably why I can't go on dates. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Because you're not getting that person. It doesn't matter that nobody's asking. I don't have time for it. <laughs> He's in one of those rooms. You just gotta go find him. Where is he? You don't know where he is. You know him. But, you just don't know where he is. Yeah, he's, he's somebody. He's out there. No, I'm back at. I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so. I don't know. Like I started, this is, this might be fucked up, but I don't really care if it is, but I started doing a thing where like I would catch myself like, you know, in these meaningless conversations and then I like mishear something or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh wait, what did you say or whatever? And I stopped myself from saying that when I don't actually care. When you're like, I I don't know what I missed. I don't want to, I don't. When you don't want to, when yeah. you don't want to ask. When I don't, yeah. So I stopped. I was like, wait, I don't actually need to be a participant in this because it's not, it's not benefiting me and whatever input. Like I'm not even giving them anything. Like I'm not benefiting them. There's no point. It's worthless. Can I add into that as well? Yeah. I now no longer find the, the need to respond to every text message. 
I started putting my phone on airplane Do mode a lot. Oh, yeah, that too. Yes. Just, <laughs> is uh, it the same? Are those different? Airplane mode oh, means airplane. nothing can get into the nursery. Oh, airplane, yeah. No. So I do, I do, depending how I feel. Sure. <laughs> I don't want to see anything. <laughs> I really don't want to see anybody. Turn that data off. Yeah, I've, I've totally done They're going to know I'm not receiving <laughs> messages right now. Their blue messages are going to be green as shit. <laughs> They're going to be so mad. The call's going to wait to voicemail. So. No, no, no. I will, I think for, if I just want to, if I, I want to share this just to share it, mm-hmm. um, my do not disturb thing. I like, I've noticed I want to be more in the moments that I'm in. So that when I am talking with people mm-hmm. that I love, like I'm not pulled away from whatever phone thing is mm-hmm. happening. So I like it because it doesn't buzz. That way I can still check it when I want and still see what's new, mm-hmm. but that way it's not going to interrupt. Mm-hmm. That's why I like do not disturb. Yeah. I just, it's kind of the same thing I encountered when I was like doing the online dating apps, which I don't do anymore and refuse mm-hmm. to do again. But I just, I don't like to be so readily available to everyone. Yeah. I think for the people, I think when it's important, like mm-hmm. whenever we're doing show stuff or like whenever I get a coalition email, like I'm mm-hmm. usually going to read that right away. And if it's important, I'll answer. But mm-hmm. no, lately I've actually been trying to, even, even without that, even with those things happening, like I still want to try to put my phone away. So yeah, because because there's something to be about there's something to be said about being distracted and being too available, being too open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to hear about your bunny. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go. Let's when what said what made you say I am going to get a bunny? I've always wanted a bunny from like age one. That was one of your first mm-hmm. sentence. I, I want a bunny. I want a bunny. You know, my first word was kiss because wow. one of my brothers, his nickname is Chris. Uh, I was trying to say his name, but that's well, not as good of a story. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think actually it's very, it's a uh, kind of an on brand, well, not on brand, but like, it's like weirdly on brand, but like, yeah, it's like you kind of, I don't say you have this, I don't know if you have this persona, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kisses your first with like, ah, yeah, that makes so... sense. If you listen to my stand up, that makes sense. Or your podcast. Or my podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'd say then, my stand-up more so, though. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you look at the real reason. It's like a family thing. It's yeah. like a nice thing. It's like mm-hmm. a, oh, this is a normal human person yeah. thing. And it being a family thing is also equally on brand. Exactly. So. Well, I wanted to say family, but I also wanted to just give you a moment to, to like, oh, yeah. Don't forget, this is a person. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's important to say. Um, okay, so you always wanted a bunny. Yeah, I just uh, always wanted a bunny. And you just... So what What? Um, what made you say, I'm going to do, we'll do the damn thing? My cousin, she got a bunny for her children, and they were like, we want to get you a bunny for Christmas. And I was like, I can't have a bunny for Christmas. Like, I'm just, I'm not ready for that. And then, I think it was January, and they were like, how about now for your birthday? And then I was like, all right, let's do this. And then there was a, so there's this farm they go to a lot, okay? So this rabbit this mama rabbit had some bunnies and one of them was gonna be mine and then she ate them (laughs) she ate them she ate my bunny and i was like you know what i think the universe is telling me no and then (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) and then um my cousin heard from someone she was talking to at the farm that there was going to be more bunnies. So they were like, you've got first dibs. And I was like, bless. <laughs> I'm not hungry right now. I'm sorry. 
So I said I wanted a brown one so he looks like his mom, which was a joke because I'm brown. And <laughs> they gave me a brown bunny. And then, okay, so give me the, give me the stats. Uh, I don't share. This is, you know, we were doing really well. <laughs> and then, uh, so I had him, so he was in Virginia Beach. I had to go pick him up. So we spent a day at my parents' house. So I had him at the time in a dog crate. And I have him in my apartment now in like a whole like pen. It's like a whole, it's a thing. It's He's a got thing. a whole like apartment complex, basically. He's got the apartment. He's got, <laughs> I, I well, that. he will soon. Well, He'll be a free range bunny. That's the plan. That's what I. That's that, what I wanted. Uh, real quick, yeah. is that a thing people do? Yes, he's okay. litter box trained. <sighs> because I trained him in a week. That's all it takes. I say that I'm going to go home. He's going to be like piss all over the floor. It's going to be. I'm going to cry. You know. I am learning so much about bunnies. I look. I. <laughs> I noticed I was Googling too much or maybe just enough when you're going to have like this living creature with you for the next X amount of years. But I started dropping bunny facts in improv sets because it it was just like be in my brain. And then I was like, we got to tone that down. Like, you know, but they sleep with their eyes open. Did you know that? If their nose isn't twitching, it means they're resting. So sometimes I go to like look at him and I think I'm gonna like play or whatever, but I'm like his nose isn't moving. I'm gonna leave him be, let him get some rest. But anywho, I think he's gonna he hates learn me. and just keep, if, if he does say he's gonna learn and keep his nose still. I know. <laughs> then he won't get enough exercise. He'll be a bad mom. <laughs> no, I think I'll turn around. It, it takes some time. Yeah. We'll see. But I had my family in town over the weekend. So he was with me about, like, not even a full week. And then I had three people in there. And my mom was trying to pet him. And she's, like, not gentle at all. And I'm just... It was a mess. So I feel like we've regressed a little bit. But um, I have to go out of town. Yeah. It's just Uh, like, oh, should I have have a bunny? I don't know. He's got a good godmother, though. Who's a godmother? Tyler. Oh, that's a good godmother. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you should just give it some more time. I think it yeah. takes a little time. I mean, yeah. Floyd and I are BFFs, um, but it wasn't. It didn't happen right away for sure. He didn't like me at first. Interesting. Okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people don't like me when they oh, first meet me. That's weird. Isn't it? But do you? How do you like? I guess I've asked. <laughs> uh, it started with. Uh, wow. I, I talked about it in the past before on the show. Uh, I dated this woman, very mm-hmm. healthy relationship for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, she hated me when she first met me. You know, I dated a guy for a couple of years that I did not like at all when I first met him. I'm not sure if that's where this came up. I've, 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 I've mentioned this to somebody before mm-hmm. this time. But yeah, so. Weird. Think about it. Think about things that you have liked that you didn't like at first. Often, my first impression is the one that is true. Like, it's rare that there's someone I meet and I'm like, I don't like that person. It's so, so, so rare that that person will ever fall into my good graces. Huh. No, I mean... Well, I would... I mean, the the argument there is probably, well, if they're always operating under the... They're always playing catch-up, they'll never catch-up kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't want to 
dismiss your thoughts so quickly because I don't know if I agree with that sentiment. Mm -hmm. But there is the idea of like, yeah, once you don't like someone, you don't like them. There's been someone, or there have been people that I did not like and then was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. And then something always happens, and I'm like, nope, I was right. I gotta trust myself more. Like, you, like uh, someone new will come around and hang out with like group of your friends, and you don't like them, mm-hmm. but everyone else likes them. Yeah, that's then, to- oh yeah, that's happened. That has happened so many times. And then at the end, I'm just like, I told you that person was awful. They're not <laughs> around anymore. <laughs> Why don't y'all ever listen to me? <laughs> <laughs> like I am, yeah, I'm. To- I'm such a like told you so person. It's obnoxious. Oh, are you a sore winner? Yeah. Oh my god. The sore of winner. I'm a sore of loser. I talk so much shit and like competitive things. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean most of it, but like. You're gonna get into it. You're gonna play in that room. Oh yeah. Like if, as like okay. So I love sports, right? I don't really watch sports that often because I don't have like regular TV anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's not uncommon for me to go to someone else's house and like there's a game on and I'm just like who should I root for and then like that is my team yep. and the other one is going down and it's just like I hate everything about um, that team yeah <clears throat> and yeah I love it no that's always that, that that's fun I feel like that's a fun well I've always looked at have I have I described to you the fun room to play in analogy that I like to use no so astrology to me is a fun room to play in. Mm-hmm. It's not something I don't think I, I don't think I necessarily believe like, oh, this mm-hmm. is true. But when I go into that room, the astrology room, mm-hmm. I believe it's so fun. Mm-hmm. You're a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. I'm a Libra. This is the name tag I wear. And yeah. we, I just go. Like, that's what, that's what I do. Um, so I like the idea of like you, whenever a sports game is on, you go in that room and you're like, I am in this room. Fourth of July. Fourth of July. You were at the squirrels Squirrel game, game. Yeah. right? I was like screaming. Yeah. I don't know if you knew, if you remember or I whatever, remember. but I was also getting so mad that not everybody was paying attention to the game. I was one of those people. And I was, everybody, almost everybody we were with was one of those people. It was a chatty But game. I was like, it was a good game. I was though. like, why? It's a horrible game. game. Did we win that game? No. No, I said a good day. Oh. Good day, bad game. Oh, I was like, that was not a good game. No, I said good game. But, I don't remember. Um, yeah. It's recorded. I, I can't just, get away with it. It's, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I was like, I've got to stop going to sporting events with people who don't actually watch the game or, like, care about the game. I think, just just because I want to say it, I do like going to Squirrels games to watch them, mm-hmm. but I find it really hard to get into it. Like, I don't know how team fans of losing teams because it. it's not fun yeah. especially with baseball like there's so many games yeah like what am i supposed to care about you losing 40 games you lost 40 games this year like you know whatever but the idea of you lost 40 you went out <laughs> but you tried 40 times that's not better that's you're supposed to be a sport you're supposed to get this Nah, oh, man. I, I, I just, I love sports. One of my first jobs was at an ESPN radio affiliate thing. Oh, really? In Hampton Roads. That's cool. It wasn't cool because I didn't see. So uh, I just said where, that I said ESPN radio. So what did you assume I was doing at this job? So you said. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll tell you what 
what they really had. Me. I don't think we need to go. I think we both know. I thought way cooler, and you were and going, that was that, that cool. cool. That is cool. Right. Oh no. I got some cool stuff out of it. Okay. Okay. You and know. also, I feel like having ESPN on your resume is like. Yeah, but that. It was over. That was a long time ago. It is it's not on the resume. It's too far down. <laughs> yeah, that was before my two weeks at Victoria's Secret. So you, know. you got to bump that down for the, <laughs> for the retail job. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, how do you feel that we did? We did almost two hours. Cool. I was wondering. Like no, not really. Yeah. But I wasn't most, sure how you felt about it. I feel like. Um, when I'm talking one-on-one with someone, there's no, I have, like, no time reference. Sure. Often. I had to put a clock. That's smart. So I could keep track of time, because I would, I would just keep talking. You know what I've been doing is just checking my phone, because mm-hmm. I record on the on both. Mm-hmm. And then the person's always like, do you, how much time do we have? And I'm just like, I mean, mm-hmm. until I feel like I've gotten the goods. Pretty much. <laughs> I just try to find a nice, soft resting part where I'm like, well, how do you mm-hmm. feel? And if there's something else you want to talk about, like, we'll get right back into it. But, I mean, like, and then I just try to ask, like, is there something you want to talk about that we didn't get to? Hmm. I don't know. It's like the... To a degree, it's like, I guess, I'm running this interview, but now I'm turning yeah. it over to you, like... Mm-hmm. What, what don't I know? What didn't I, what didn't I know to ask? Which is the hardest part. About <clears throat> me? Or about creativity? What about? So, most people do one episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Some, few people get to do a second one. Mm-hmm. So, assuming that you are in the majority, which is for what it will be for minimum three months or so, uh-huh. or 14 episodes, uh, this is your hour. So what do you want it to represent? Like, people are going to, people, pe- people will listen to this. What do I want it to represent? Yeah, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to mm. listen to? What do we want, what, what, what do you want people to listen to? Me. Well, we I want going. people to listen to me and my podcast. I want people to listen to everything on the RBA <laughs> Podcast Network. Oh, yes. Um, I want people to go to stand-up shows and stand-up when shows. when I'm on them. <laughs> oh, I guess we can talk about stand-up real quick. Um, sure. How long have you been stand-up? Mm, but, oh, whoa. Wait, four years-ish? Four years. Three or four years, four something years. like that. Did you find the... The main thing I want to ask, just because this is mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about, did you find that there was any, like, when you're when you're first starting out, you're like climbing stairs to get better. Mm-hmm. Did you find that there were any points where you took like a short elevator ride or anything, where for you it felt way different? Way like it suddenly older. got easier. Kind of, but not. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want to throw it into like the that. that well, it got better. Better, yeah, whatever. Interpret yeah, when after I took improv classes. Really? So improv yeah. made it a lot easier? Improv made it a thousand times better. Here's the thing. is like, I, I am so confident in my writing. Mm-hmm. And I know that for <clears throat> what I want to say, like, I will write a good joke for it. Mm-hmm. I, like, I know. I might not always memorize it right. But I know that I will write it. But that's the point you're making is the written prepared version of the joke is good. Mm Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, 
when I give someone a tag and I hear like an audience laugh at a tag I give, that feels so much better to me than just like me doing stand up. I love doing stand up. I think it's so fun. I love it. But I like I love writing. There's something about because I have a couple tags that I've given mm-hmm. to like a couple friends and hearing them. There's something about being in the a, a part of the audience mm-hmm. and getting to hear everyone around you laugh at the joke. Yeah. Then there is while you're thinking about the next thing to say and right. being newer, struggling mm-hmm. to listen to the laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, but, yeah. that's but, what it is. So the writing of the joke is really good, yeah. Yeah, so it's like my writing was never was never an issue to me to me, in my humble opinion of sure. my own work. But I used We're all fans on this show. Right <laughs> We're all fans. But I used to memorize everything like a monologue, basically. Sure. And maybe that's because of my theater background. Okay, that okay. makes sense. So when I took improv classes, what it did was it like loosened me the fuck up. Okay. So I, I know it's not common to go that route, to do stand-up first and then go into improv, but I feel like it was the perfect route for me. Mm-hmm. I guess that's interesting because I obviously did improv first, mm-hmm. so I, I never thought, like, oh shit, if I had never done improv and I had just done stand-up, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been a really bad stand-up. Well, because I've had this thought too, and I don't mean this to sound mm-hmm. uh, any anything. I just mean like I'm not afraid of the stage anymore. I'm not afraid of being on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, every stage I'm referencing is a tiny stage mm-hmm. with uh, no more than like a hundred people on it. Sure. When the theater's like full, but that's like a riot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of like I'm not afraid to go up there and and not make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely not afraid of making them laugh. What yeah. are you talking about? So I think for me, that's where I got the benefit. Would you say that that's kind of what you were referencing or like just the way you would prepare? No, I think it's it's not the way I would prepare. I think it's the way I would present. So, so, so being on stage. Right. Okay. So it's like what I was saying before was that I memorized things like a monologue, basically. So I knew exactly when to... You know, so at that time I was a lot more memorized now. I'm like way looser these days. Sure. Um, but it's like, I would know when to pause. I'd know because I'm writing it basically like a script. It's like, I know I'm going to say this thing. It's not the punchline, but somebody's going to laugh at that. So I should wait, take a breath, go into this thing. You know, like it was broken down like that. Okay. That makes, I, I bought a color coded pen specifically so I could do that. (laughs) So I know you're talking about (laughs) But it was like not, like I wasn't fully present, mm-hmm. you know, I would, yeah, I'd get laughs and stuff and I would feel like I did a good job, but the standup I did after improv where it was like, I, like I could talk to the audience and I don't, and not even in like the, like I could do crowd work kind of a thing. Cause I don't really, yeah, yeah. but like. I could react to things happening in the moment. Like I was, I was there with them. I wasn't just You're having a conversation like with there. the audience, but, right? But and you that's, were doing all the talking. Mm-hmm. But that's how I like when people are like, "Oh, I want to try stand up," or like, "Oh, I'm nervous. How do you do this?" And it's like I just go in there and I pretend everyone's my best friend. Interesting. And it's like not like no one's there to have a bad time. Yeah, so well, what can I do to? Make sure we all have a good time. Who do I have the most fun with? My best friends. Who are all these people now? My best fucking friends. 
I always try to, like, get people on my side. And also, I think you... Oh, okay, so... Wait, let me pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like I'm the same way. With the jokes I have, I'll, like, write out the way I think it the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, like, never reference it again. And I'll just keep letting it evolve. So, I think that's definitely, like, an improv kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um... I want to go back to something I said and relate it to what you were saying. The idea of not being afraid of stage mm-hmm. is the idea of going onto a stage and not having anything prepared. Or, in terms of improv, but like, in terms of stand-up, going up and not having everything exactly prepared. Like you would, where you would write mm-hmm. out everything like a script. Mm-hmm. But like, I love that I can relate to the idea of like, I have the premise, I have some tags, Mm -hmm. I think I kind of got. Yeah. And then you just roll with it. I used to do a thing where I would have something kind of new, and I'd either put it at the front or the end. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and it's, you know, so if if I did it at the end, I'd I'd think like, maybe when I get to this part, that's like the big laugh or whatever. And oftentimes it wasn't. So I would just be kind of like searching for it in the moment to find a way to wrap up kind of a thing. But, um, it usually led to me like finding something else. Yeah. So well, that's the, the thing. I think that's the free spot. I mean, that's how you write a joke is, is thinking about different possibilities. But when you're actually doing it, mm-hmm. I think that's so different when you're on a stage and you're like, yeah, and your brain is in that space. Because then you're you're also you're kind of like working for it, especially if you know like it's yeah. at the beginning. You're like, this has to <clears throat> get off on the right. But if you're at the end, it's like, okay, either I've had a great time and I want them to remember this, or yeah. it's like we've had a horrible time and I need something. You yeah, know, either yeah. way, it's just like, hopefully, you find it. Sure. You know. Interesting. No, I, I love that. I love the idea of... Well, I love the idea of one creative thing, like, influencing another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people always ask, like... I've had some people kind of, like, look down on the fact that I now... I do a lot more improv than I do stand-up. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that before. I just think... I think it's, like, so weird. Because they're, they're two completely different feelings. But it's almost like... The improv, the comedian who does improv, mm-hmm. is viewed in the stand-up scene as someone who has their jeweler tools as taking the easy laugh, because you are able to improvise it oh, instead I didn't of. Realize. May, maybe that's what it is, though. Huh. Maybe that if you're in, if you're in the comedy craft mm-hmm. specifically of, I go to an open mic every night, I write every day. This is what I love to do. <clears throat> and there are people like that, and mm-hmm. I love that idea. This is another route I took, but, like, I could totally see them looking, not looking, looking, looking at someone who's improv and saying, like, that's cheating, which is essentially what we were saying before. Mm-hmm. That's like looking at, an improviser looking at an actor doing improv and saying, that's cheating. When I see someone who's so good, mm-hmm. uh at, like, acting, whatever, doing improv, it's like, that's not fair. You're so good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's way different, and I'm not actually, <laughs> like, mad. But, like, yeah. I think it's the idea that we were talking about before, and I just wanted to full circle that shit because it came out yeah. with the improv comedian. I'm yeah. glad we got a little stand-up in there, too. <laughs> I also just, like, find it funny that, like, I just feel so, uh, 
it's like borderline imposter syndrome when it comes to stand up because I don't do it often at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like I am that jerk who doesn't go to open mics like oh. not even like not even weekly. Um I will say I haven't so. gone out and I don't I don't go as, as much as I'd like to. It's just it's just a lot. It's just a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And I feel like stand up's kind of the thing that kind of falls when when you have so many pursuits that are already comedic, like, you kind of yeah. just have to lean one way, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I guess I don't really know anyone who's doing, like... Both. Doing both level. and... Right, exactly. Like, where it's really, they're committed equally to both. But I also, you know, you just got to figure out what you want to get out of whatever it is. Well, I feel like that's kind of the... I thought, yeah, that's the only way you can do something like that where, um, because you only have so much input and you Mm -hmm. can only request so much output. And I mean, if you put all your input into stand up and improv, let's say, like, that's all you're going to have time to do. Like, if if you, like, think, like, you know, you know, you know both of them, like, do you think, do you think someone could have time to be really good at both of them? Yeah. And and do a third thing? And, like, have a full time job? No, in addition to a full-time job. And, like, a life. Like, going out or whatever. I'm I just mean, saying, I like, don't... Maybe. Well, because then I think... I think of, like, Donald Glover. Okay. He he, he does stand-up... Well, I don't know how often he does stand-up. Probably... <clears throat> see, that's that that's kind of... I should have said stand-up first. Music, TV. He's mm-hmm. he's a fantastic musician. Fantastic sure. at, like, all the, the film pursuits. Yeah. Yeah, big fan. Um, but then stand-up is that thing. He did one special and, like... Mm-hmm. Does he still do it? Does he have time to do it? Because I like to believe he still likes it. That's what I'm saying. It's just the idea of, like, how much can you really do in a scene with stand-up? It's like, I still have the jokes. I'm still thinking. I'm still writing. I can go out occasionally and be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think it's unfair. I'll take the the stance on the show. I think it's unfair that improv comedian, improv people are looked down on for doing stand-up. That's all I want to say. I also was... Well, just, I don't know. Like, are they... Are they looked... I guess it's like, what are the reasons that... Like, who's doing the looking down and what are the reasons of the... You know oh, what I mean? are we doing the other the other thing that I said where we're, we're pretending... The improvisers are pretending that the pure comedians have a problem with them? Well, I mean, p- potentially. Yeah. No, that's poten- That's definitely an option here. Like... Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even question that. I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like there's a group of... I'm saying y'all because you go to open mics pretty regularly. But there's a group of improvisers that do go to open mics very regularly. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't I don't do that. So I don't know what that feeling is of like you know, you're coming in with a click of your own. Sure. So it's mm-hmm. like I th- you know what I think it is? I think because of the the group the coalition group, for the most part and I say that just to leave room for error, mm-hmm. I say we're pretty we're a pretty good addition. So mm-hmm. like no one's saying like I would hope, I guess, no one's like, yeah. oh, these improv people are coming in and ruining. Like, everyone's like, oh, I'm glad these people are coming out. They're making their, they're making the shows busier. More people mm-hmm. are coming out. It's more fun. I guess that's the hope. So then, have. but then, what is like, so who's what standups what? are like? Not the, yeah, not names, but I mean, like, is that a vibe you get that like there are standups who? I've heard talk of that before, but I realized in us talking about mm-hmm. it, I don't remember what I said to Patrick on his episode, but mm-hmm. like. I think it's all just been improvisers saying that they think that 
comics look down on them for mm-hmm. improvising. So I, I'm more inclined to believe that <laughs> no one gives a shit and they don't just think, want to have good mics. I think oftentimes in any situation, no one gives a shit or the per, the people you think care don't. Like, and if someone cares, you're gonna you're they, gonna know your instinct. Like you said, you're gonna know. Everybody's worried about their own shit. Yeah. So chances are. They're not worrying about yours. We all operate and function out of self-interest. We're all, we all see out of our own lens. We're all should be worried about our own self first. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> if no one cares. you're writing yeah. good jokes and you're having good shows, who even cares if they're saying shit? Yeah. People could say shit to me about not going to open mics but still getting on whatever few showcases are around now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't fucking care. Because you're funny, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's not like I haven't bombed before. I've definitely bombed before, right. but it's like I know, like I know that I I wrote the joke. I I did the thing. I did the thing. Uh, I've told I, it before. I can present it, and generally people will laugh. Generally like it's laugh. not. I don't think people ask me to do stuff and think it's a gamble. Oh, I'm taking a risk here, but. Gonna do the show. So yeah. you know, if somebody wants to have some gripe about it, mm-hmm. by all means, waste your energy on it because it's yeah. very rare someone's gonna ask me to do a show and I'll say no. There you go. No, I like I like I like the the conclusions we came to. I feel like we <laughs> we went through everything and then like appropriately questioned like <laughs> why do we think that? Yeah, it's like well, because we're all a little fucked up in the head. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. I ask, <laughs> what do we not talk about? And then you start listing things, see? How do you feel now? Fine. Good? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, the only uh, plug at the end is go to Patrick Beauty's show, Bottoms Up, on January 25th at 8.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Did he tell you to do that? No, I just thought of it. That's something I just thought to do. Wow. January? Go back to a couple weeks ago. Make sure you go to that show. When is this coming out? Uh, Wednesday. Two days. Oh, well, if you're listening on Wednesday, oh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Oh, wait. What? This comes out Wednesday, 8 a.m., and your show comes out Thursday, 9 a.m. Oh, but also Thursday night. Oh. Go to Fallout for some erotic fan fiction reading. Wait, what? Yeah. What's happening? Exactly what I said. Is there um, any more we can get, or do we have to get all the details of the show? Um, I think as far as specifics, you'll have to get them at the show. Interesting. Where's that? Fallout. Fallout. Oh, that's a place. Yes. That was a show. Uh, and what time? Uh, I want to say 7 p.m. Thursday. Thursday. Tight. Be there. It'll be weird. I love and sexy, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the hope with those things, right? <laughs> That's what we want out of our erotic fan fiction readings. Uh, I know I do. So curious about <laughs> where they're pulling from because I've heard some good like readings. I love it as a show idea. I also, also yeah, like, I'm very excited to be part of it. Oh, do you get to pick your owner? No, they're picking. Oh. I don't. I don't even see it until. Interesting. Yeah. Would well, you have any more plugs or anything else you wanna? Uh, this is the end until it's not. No, it's just, uh, you know, if you see me in the streets, be nice. Be nice and don't expect you to... Be nice, but, like, don't expect me to talk to you, (laughs) because I might not want to.
listen to the podcast, go to the show <laughs> tomorrow, uh, go see Fear Buddy. That was, that was the plug, right? Yeah, go see, anytime you see Fear Buddy, AP Lit, Resident Ghost, Dad Salad, just know that what's somebody the, uh, will what's make the show, you laugh. What's the show coming up? Uh, On Wednesday night. Tonight. Or tonight. The, the, so if you're show. listening when this comes out, as you should, because it'll be like a fresh baked cookie, come okay. to Coalition at 8 p.m. for a POC jam. So we're trying to get performers of color up on the stage. Perform- I love that. POC. Yeah, POC. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's hosted by AP Lit. Um, which is which is myself, Dan Falarka, Annie Ming, and Joey Tran. That's right. I was there. I was there uh, when you revealed. Yeah, yeah. So such a fun, such a fun group. Oh yeah, I'm stoked. Oh my gosh. We've got some fun things planned. <laughs> oh my. Oh well. Yeah. See him tonight on Wednesday. <laughs> See y'all tonight. Okay. Anything else? Good. No, good. I'm good. All right. Say goodbye, and you're good. Bye. Bye. And I'll meet you in the low tide, oh.